1: I'm sorry. I should have told you to. You got to put the headphones on. Go ahead and set them. (laughs) We've got a special guest in the studio. Jr. is here this week on a Wednesday. He'll be back tomorrow. That's right. Tomorrow we'll talk about (laughs) e-cigarettes. Yeah, I already told him we're going to talk about e-cigarettes. We had uh, when Robert was filling in for me on uh, was it Monday? Robert filled in. Yeah, he had he had a lady that owns a vaping place on. Oh,
2: yeah. Pretty interesting,
1: pretty interesting yeah. what they had to say about their business and stuff. So uh it will be fun to talk about and then Hendren came out today, um, the pro tem of the Senate, and he's you know, out there flying some stuff around. So mm-hmm. and yeah, I say, be a put it back of, in your pocket, Senator. <laughs> there's
3: gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a <laughs> lot of plans uh as we approach the fiscal session. Um, I think there's still a lot of calls for
1: special what, sessions. Wait, 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 wait. But, wait, wait what, what did you call it? It's called The what? fiscal. Oh, is it? It's not the e-cigarette it's session? It's not the e-cigarette okay, session. Okay, good. But okay. we will
3: find out. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe the fiscal slash e-cigarette session.
1: Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Move up into the microphone. you got to move right up <laughs> to you. it. Thank yeah. you. so much. All right. So now you just gave you a, a kind of a feel about what this is going to be like. The, right. What we're talking about, it's not, it's not a secret anymore. All right? J.R. Davis is leaving the governor's office. That's right. To go on to bigger, I won't say better Don't things, but yeah, bigger it's, things.
3: Well, it's, it's uh, very exciting. I've been with the governor for, man, uh, almost five and a half years. Just I was on a campaign. big campaign while him and, and, and held the same position. So I've gotten to know him really well. And, and it was the, one of the hardest decisions I had to make. Uh, but I'll still get to work with him. I'm going to be working with uh, John Gilmore and Rhett Hatcher at Gilmore Strategy Group here in Little Rock. Mm -hmm. I'll be doing some corporate communication, some election stuff. Uh, So I'm really excited about that. Um, And and those two guys are friends, and we all worked together in the governor's office early on. So John was the uh, uh, deputy chief of staff. Rhett was our director of legislative affairs and and handled some of the budget stuff. So uh, good guys. I'm excited about it, Um, but I will forever be grateful for the governor for the opportunity and... Uh, his confidence in me, uh, and his friendship. So, uh, that'll be something I always cherish.
1: Okay. Corporate communication. What exactly does that entail? Well, you know,
3: that entails basically whatever the client wants. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But we'll just help out with with some communication stuff, you know, if there's uh, news conferences or press releases or or just really strategic thinking uh, and, and strategy and that sort of thing. So, um you know it's still fairly new to me but I've are got, you going
1: to teach people how to stand in front of a camera and talk
3: uh, if they want me to <laughs> yeah they should <laughs> well it'll be it'll be a lot of fun and i'm uh i'm excited it's new i've never done it but i've got 12 plus years of media communications political experience i'm excited dude to you're leverage, well
1: re- you're you're ready i'm ready no it's problem. gonna be fun
3: but i will tell you this katie beck uh, is our new communications director. I've known Katie since uh, 2014, too. She was on the campaign, and she is going to be a rock star in this position. Uh, I'm really, really excited. It would be hard for me to leave if I didn't think it was in good hands, and she's going to be great at well, it. Well, that
1: was that That was that little bit of a female voice you heard at the beginning. <laughs> she'll, she'll get used to sitting down because we're going to continue – the communications that we have with the governor's office Absolutely. to making sure that people know what's going on in in the legislature and the and in the governor's office as well and katie i i, I just told her she came in and it's kind of a free willing and kind of thing that we do here
3: yeah and hey look i I like touting Katie's background, but I don't want to take the words out of her mouth so um she can tell you a little bit about what she's done in the governor's office so Camden
1: girl first
4: i am you I'm are in whitehall Whitehall I am
1: wow. And That's I, said by Ed Monk. Right? It <laughs> is. Right. Yeah.
4: And I've worked with JR since the campaign as well. Uh, I was with the governor as his executive assistant and then economic development liaison. Uh, and I've been in D.C. for the past three years as his director of state-federal relations. Cool.
1: Um, yes. Sorry you had to spend three years in D.C. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's been an incredible experience. I like
1: visiting, but I hate that city. <laughs> and just too just, many liberals to, <laughs> yeah it's,
3: it's, uh, it's a lot to, that goes on n-
1: let me stop mm-hmm. right there not liberals leftists I mean socialists Did you see, have you seen the flags they got lining the streets in D.C. now going to the mayor's office
4: I've not seen them the
1: flags have 51 stars on them uh, because D.C. wants to be sure their oh, own yeah. state yeah yeah <laughs> ain't gonna happen yeah, well, if Puerto Rico don't get it, they don't get it. That's right. We'll, we'll bring them. E- either they both come or, or neither one of them. Right. That's how we're. we're By doing By the way, it Katie, I'm, if you haven't, I'm outspoken. <laughs> if you haven't figured that out,
5: oh, I had <laughs> she's,
3: she's getting. She's getting an education today. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but, but yeah, fifty-one. Well, she. Donors, so Katie's community. been there for uh, three years, and I mean, just when you talk about communications and and uh, sort of how this uh, kind of meshes with what she's going to be doing now. I mean, she was the one that sort of, uh, you know, brought the delegation together and made sure they knew what we were doing on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and how we could work together. Cool. Uh, The National Governors Association, which has really uh, benefited the governor greatly, just her relationship there. So uh, she's a lot of other things that obviously I haven't been up there for, um, but She's she's got a lot of that background. It's gonna be really, really exciting and really just the knowledge of what's going on in DC, which obviously affects what we do here in Arkansas.
1: This is like a cool time to be doing this because the uh, Republican convention is next year. And I'm sure that you'll be there.
4: Who knows? I'd be surprised <laughs> if you weren't. I know
1: the yeah. governor will be there. I'm, yeah. I'm be sure of that. Yeah. I'll be there broadcasting. So you know the governor will be uh invited to be on the show he was on it four years ago when we were in cleveland so we'll look
5: forward yeah. to. he him loves being
3: there. he loves the political stuff and and i know he'll enjoy
5: oh i hate it uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs>
3: right it's that time of year dave it's like uh you know we, we talk about the uh, democratic debates and, and what's oh going on there God. but can you believe we're literally we're just a few months away from iowa
1: i know unbelievable i know i can't wait for the next debate i hear that they're getting a little tiny car and they're all going to get in it together (laughs) and they're going to have the big ties and the the bouquet that shoots water and stuff those clowns yeah it'll be a bunch of clowns
3: it'll be more entertaining if that was the case they're almost as clownish
1: as the democratic party here in arkansas almost almost yeah not quite not quite not quite (laughs) i saw the, the the lady that had been keeping the books resigned today some lady down in arkadelphia or something i can't think of her name for what the democrats oh 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 the state democratic party yeah well if she's the one that would been taking care of the books she'd been taking care of the books
3: (laughs) 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 just saying (laughs) oh
1: man i'm gonna get in trouble that's all right I, don't I like this it.
3: baptism by fire, Katie.
1: Yes, yeah,
3: she's <laughs> finding this
1: out now. You didn't it. warn her, about and he'll tell you too. It.
3: So we, yeah, well, he, Dave was giving uh, Katie sort of the rundown on on how all this works every yeah. week, and he he shoots me some some topics. But I will say we we stay to him pretty well, but most of the time we
1: we're all over the place. Well, things in come a good way. up in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things come up like this weekend. You know what is important about this weekend, Katie?
4: What is important?
1: Okay, she's not a baseball fan, is she? <laughs> no. The no, Cubs they, are playing the Reds today at Wrigley, and they're two games behind the St. Louis Cardinals. This weekend, four games at Wrigley with the Cardinals.
4: It's a big weekend.
1: Yes. Dave's it's a, a huge
3: weekend. Dave's a, a Chicago native, correct? Yeah. Well, not well, Chicago. Indiana, but Northwest you, uh, Indiana. She worked in Chicago for a while. Yes.
1: Yeah, I stayed as best I can. You visit there, but you don't live there. Yeah. That's yeah. the key.
3: So he's a diehard Cubs fan. It's going to be an interesting weekend. That The Central is
1: between Crazy. Milwaukee and the Cubs. Two the games Cards. between the yeah. Cards and the Cubs. Three games between the Brewers and the Cards. One game between the Cubs and the Brewers for the wild card. Yes, Zach, go ahead.
6: Actually, two games between the Cardinals and the Brewers as well.
3: Oh,
1: that's right. We're tied
3: now with the yeah. Brewers. I forgot about it's that. It's crazy. This is what this is the this is the part of baseball season I love. I can't the the rest of the 164 games. Just but this no, the I month love of September, of I love. Well, you do, yeah, yeah. You're I a played purist.
1: baseball. I played baseball yeah. a long time. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's key. And I'm really really old, Katie. All right, I, um, <laughs> I today we were talking about uh, Bill Bright, who started Campus Crusade and. They used to have a little book that they passed out called The Four Spiritual Laws, and I remember passing that out uh, to some of my friends when I was in college, and one of the guys in the meeting said, is that when they were still chiseling it in stone? Oh. <laughs> and I said, no. I was around when, when papyrus virus came in, so there's no problem. No problem. I, I missed the Stone Age. Right? There you go. That's good. Yeah, so it, it went. it went fine, but yeah, 50 years in radio now. Wow, I'm old. 50 years old, old as dirt. And you started
3: your first on ra- uh, radio appearance was a high school football. High school game, football. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 16 years old. Been pretty doing cool. this for quite a while. It uh, seems like second nature. I remember one time my my wife hates the business. She d- she doesn't mind that I do this. She hates the business cuz radio is pretty volatile a lot of times. And uh, she said to me she says have you ever thought about doing anything else? And I looked at her, and i had been doing it for thirty-five years by then. And I said, "Like what? <laughs> I don't know anything yeah, else. What is besides there? what yeah. I'm doing right now." So I said, "Just hang in there; things be good." Well,
3: mm-hmm. Katie, you're gonna this is this is one of my favorite parts of the week. I love it. I love radio. I love talking with Dave. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm just you know passing the torch. Okay, so
1: to this how, this I it. how did you become a Republican? Or uh, have you always been a Republican?
4: I will say I have always been a Republican. Okay.
1: All right. All right. Super, is, are you as conservative as I am? Do you know anything about me? <laughs>
3: <laughs> See, now you're setting up for all these questions.
1: <laughs> then I, you know, this is uh, they call uh, me. I will Hagar. tell you, there
3: aren't as many, uh, there aren't that many conservatives as conservative as Dave Ellswick. That's true. That's a good thing.
1: That's true. Oh well, yeah. yeah. But I'm a fair conservative. Yeah. I believe that. I, I do. I do believe that I'm a fair conservative. Yep. But uh, I am I because I understand a lot of things that some people don't understand. I'm not now I'm not ballyhooing and making me sound like I'm some, you know, super duper, you know, guru or something. But I I've been around this for a long, long time. Let's see. We've done this in Texas. I've done this in Indiana. I've done this in Minneapolis and I've done this down in Miami. So. And by, by this, I mean getting the message of conservatism out and turning people to being conservatives and being stupid leftists. I'm just saying if you're a leftist, you're stupid, ignorant. You just don't understand. That's simple.
3: And I'll tell you this: whoever uh, the, the the stars of radio nationally, I was here for Dave's fiftieth. I guess that was the day, yeah, right? so yeah, I his fiftieth uh, uh, year anniversary on on the air. And I was uh, um, not shocked, but just amazed at, at how many national personalities were calling in wishing Dave a happy fiftieth. So he he knows everybody. And you're right; you've been around. I've you've, been uh, you've seen made, a little bit I of got a lot History's of friends good
1: perspective. out there. Yeah. Let's put it this way: if I ran into Rush, he'd invite me to dinner. All right, that's all I'll say. Pretty sweet. That's uh, the best way I can tell you. I've been been doing yeah. this a long time. I ma- I try to make friends, not enemies. Hard to make friends with leftists. <laughs> Just saying. I, I I would. I mean, seriously, Katie, would you even want to sit down and have dinner with Elizabeth Warren? <laughs>
4: You know, I think I love this. Is like this
1: is a uh, you are
3: you are just reeling them out there. Today. Yeah,
1: for yeah.
4: I think civil political discussions are always healthy. Can't
1: talk civilly with a leftist. <laughs> you fi- you figured this out, right? I mean, you really I you're go- you're going to stand in front of the press and talk to them. Now I understand that, and you give them the the the, the story or whatever. But lefties. You know, away from the mics and all that. You can't have a conversation with them. They don't care about facts. They don't care about nothing. They only care about, you know, moving forward their agenda, which is destroy this country.
3: Yeah, I'd have, I'd have.
1: Look at her. Look at her. She's going, holy <laughs>
3: moly. Hey, I told her I'd start, I'd start out with the hardest interview and then we'll just go from there. <laughs> um, no, it'd be a good research project. I'd have a lot of questions for Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, I mean, uh, she's trying to figure out where I she have not, got to where she got. She'd lie to you.
1: That's How true. many years did she lob up being a Native American? It's true. Because they got high cheekbones, right? So you wouldn't have dinner with her? No. Okay. Go some, spend your time somewhere else. Who, Unless she's would she? buying. Now, maybe if she's buying. Well, that's true. <laughs> and depends on where, right? Yeah, where it depends going? on those? No. <laughs> anyway.
3: Uh, so w- is there a Democratic candidate you would have
1: dinner with? I don't think. I I don't think I could have. Yeah, there's a lot to choose from, but I don't know if I could have really a super civil conversation with most of them because they're all pro death, and I don't have a a lot of uh, respect for people who say that they're pro you know that they're pro choice instead of saying what they really are, and um, they're all anti Second Amendment. So what do we have to talk about? That's a good point.
3: Very little. Although I would like to sit down with Joe Biden and just Well, he wouldn't see, remember it. I was about to say and see if the <laughs> if the conversation actually makes sense yeah. oh, or if, if uh, he knows what I'm asking. Yeah. You know.
5: Come
1: on, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Malarkey. <laughs> That's, what he, That's my yeah. favorite, the malarkey. I like that. Come on, man. Yeah. Me and Robert Steinbach make fun that of that funny. all the time. All right. Got to get a break in. Let's do that. We have the new speaker for the uh, governor of Arkansas sitting in for us with us today. And uh, she will be coming on the show. Now, we may change days. We don't know. i got to work with her schedule on that, and we will. But uh, we'll keep the communications going, coming out of the governor's office. And what's really exciting Said that J.R. is going to become part of the show still. That's right. We're going to keep him in here. I'll still hang out if you love me. Do you? I'll just put a cot over there dude, in the of corner. Course. No, you don't <laughs> have to do that. Yeah, you can sleep in my office. All right. Take a break. We'll come back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you. I'm pretty good at that, Katie. Zach is pointing at me and saying, you're coming back, you're coming back. And I'll carry on a conversation until that moment. And then I'll just go slide right back into the show. But, yeah, I watched this show. We were talking during the break about a show that I binge watched on Netflix. I called, I think, Island is what it's called. And uh, these people find themselves on an island. They don't know how they got there, yada, 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 yada. Kind of like lost in a sense. And uh, the leftists in Hollywood just cannot help themselves. They have got to give you lefty propaganda all the time in their shows. They they got to they got to work it. They got to work it and work it hard. And God bless them, you know. And we were talking about what are the big issues for Democrats this year for the election, and of course, climate change is one. Yeah, and they work climate change into the show. Didn't need it at all. But they work climate change into the show. So when you watch it, just know that part's coming. Yeah.
3: Well now I don't you know I don't know if I'm gonna watch it if it's gonna ruin the ending.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna tell you I'll just tell well, you no, that but, it's kinda got a thing to it, but it's I gotta know of weird of what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda of weird. But anyway, um uh It was all right. You know the show that I finally got to see the last episode in, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you need to watch it. I will warn you, excessive profanity, excessive violence uh, in this. It's called The Boys. Have you seen this yet? Mm -hmm. The Boys is about a group. There's all these superhero movies, right? Have you ever wondered what would happen, what superheroes would really be like? If you had those kind of powers, and you're just a normal human being, what kind of person would you be like? So you got the you got the Superman, you got the Aquaman, you got the Wonder Woman, you got all these different characters uh, in this show. They're all superheroes, and uh, like they hate humans because they see us as uh, you know sub human so to speak they're superhuman so we're subhuman and it's kind of interesting and there's a group of humans that go out to bring them down and it's it well, an interesting twist it's a crazy crazy show i i watched the last segment of it on uh what is what is today wednesday monday night and what channel is this it's, it's on uh Kurt? it's on amazon television
3: <laughs> you know what by the way a side note: i saw one of the funniest tweets i've seen in a long time because i guess uh NBC rolled out their new streaming service Uh-oh. called Peacock. Okay. And someone wrote uh, just imagine a world where there are multiple streaming uh, channels or channels, mm-hmm. and they all come together as sort of a package. <laughs> And you pay for them every month. It was just like, because there's going to be so many streaming services. At some point, there is going to be some sort of unified, right, where you get you all of these so. different
1: streaming. Because at some point, people are literally what? going Satellite to Satellite TV. No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly. That's what the whole point was just so funny. It was like, there's so many of them now. This is literally cable. An event, because no one's yep. going to pay you know, you might as well pay for cable if you're going to buy, you know, 20 subscriptions a month for eight bucks or
1: whatever it is. So That's anyway, exactly but right. it's just kind of funny. Yeah. we got to take a break. Those Stay right where thoughts. you're at. Do not even think of leaving. I got, <laughs> I got a lot of questions to ask you about your background and stuff.
4: I won't go anywhere.
1: Okay. Right. That's good. All right. J.R. Davis is here, and he brought along the new governor's spokesperson. All right. We are back in the studio. We didn't go anywhere. We always say that. It's just kind of a th- thing that you say if you're in broadcasting. You really don't go anywhere. <laughs> you really just sit here. As you let know, people know who are watching on, on Facebook. But we said, okay, we're back. We're like back. We, like we left. Yeah, we left and funny. came here. That's true. But we're superheroes. We flew around the world, had a cappuccino over in Italy, and got back. I'm Ooh.
3: telling you, that's, that's what my wife's superpowers would be. Flying over to Italy, enjoying. She liked it, didn't you? I mean, you
1: took her there.
3: We did. We went last year for our anniversary. It was a blast. What year? It was our five-year anniversary. That's
1: right. Because I warned you, take your wife on to Italy. You see if you agree with me on this, Katie. You take your wife to Italy on your fifth wedding anniversary. (laughs) What are you going to do on your twenty-fifth? Pro- probably
3: go back. I'd imagine. <laughs> just That's make it not good than enough. That's right. Yeah. Know, How so we'll long stay were longer. you gone? One week. We uh, we we're, were actually gone for three weeks. Man, you really put yourself know, in a I hole. I know, but you know what? It was. <laughs> I I can't blame. it was can't just, just as much. Yeah, exactly. It was <laughs> just as much fun for me. We. I will say the only negative about going to Italy is it ruined uh, our
1: pizza preferences back here. Really, did you yeah. like you like the native pizza? The, yeah, but what is, we
3: it, have? The Nap- is it, the uh, Neapolitan-style yeah. pizza? Yeah. I love it. So, like Zaza's, we uh, love that. Used to do U.S. pizza. Now we just, you know,
1: can't. It's just too much. It's American pizza. I know, man. It's different. what ruined it for us. I mean, some get it, like when they put the mozzarella on and they mm-hmm. put it on the big chunks. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I wish they would do more of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they don't. There's a place in Hot Springs. Tell you, you it's called Deluca's. Know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so you know he does it the right way. Yeah, we uh, and
3: I and again, it's like my wife's the one that always introduces me to the finer things in life. Yeah. Uh, But she told me she was like, we got to go to Deluca's. I'd never been, and it's oh, it's awesome.
1: It's good. He's been on my show before. He's a great guy. Yeah, the chef. Yeah, he's a good guy. Another guy was with him. I can't remember both of their names right. If I looked in my my uh text account i could find yeah. it, but uh he owns that new steakhouse there
3: oh yeah see that is uh that's one of my favorite s- spots in arkansas's hot spring especially downtown and central right there mm-hmm. and it's there's i mean i know they've got a lot of things they're doing down there but it's such a cool unique historical stretch and uh, i know De- i know deluxe is a little off the way there but still it's uh it's, it's well, a really cool
1: place. Just warn you that if you want, have you ever been to Lucas?
4: I have not, but okay. it's on my list now. Yeah, <laughs>
1: definitely want to be on your list, but call and tell them you're coming. Not that they're going to put you at the head of line or anything, but what I'm just saying is that you want to make sure that they're not packed. If they're packed, yeah. they'll they'll be wiped out. They're yeah. they're one of those places that they make everything fresh.
3: Yeah, one of the best breakfast spots too is Pancake Shop. Been there? Yeah, I'm yes. sure you have. Yeah, that's another one that's Pancake out the uh, lines
1: out the door. It's good stuff. Well, but, you know, it's I, Hot Springs for you. I have to do all of those places because uh Cat Robinson comes on my show yeah. all the time. Yeah, and Cat uh, and I are good friends, and she's the one who turns me on to local eateries, yeah. and I haven't. I've only been disappointed maybe once or twice. Usually, she hits it out of the park every yeah. time.
3: Yeah. And we're getting more. That's what I love about you know Little Rock. You've seen it up in Northwest Arkansas, Bentonville, all the little you know boutique eateries and things like that that are just fantastic. You're starting to see more and more of that in Little Rock. We've got a lot of talent, a lot of talented chefs around
1: here. Yeah. Yeah. It's good food. You know what I liked is after Katrina, we had that influx of all the Cajun places, which has mm-hmm. been good. I, I like that. Yeah. You know, I don't know why. Uh, the only thing that, like, for I live in Cabot. There's like 90 Mexican places in <laughs> Cabot, you know, and I'm I'm sorry, there's not all that much differential, yeah, from Mexican place to Mexican place. Although I, uh, there's a a place next to the bowling alley that I like to go to, because it's like um, El Portones. And yeah. They, have you ever had the meat bowl? No. Okay. I like fajitas, but as far as fajitas go, I could just eat the meat off the plate, all right? Yeah. And forget about the tortillas and They got a meat bowl now, and it's full of that meat, chicken, shrimp, beef. If you want all three, I get the combo. And then they put white cheese sauce all over it. Dude, it's awesome.
3: You know I'm not a cheese guy.
1: No, that's okay. Answer. Tell them. Right? Don't. Don't need no, it. No, I'm saying. Yeah, just say I don't want any. I think yeah. I miss
3: out on a lot of really good things, and that's what that's what Donnelly tells me. Yeah, I think so. I don't like cheese. I miss out on a lot of things. I've started to eat some some cheese.
1: You're not a big. I big just love cheese that,
3: Katie, This is a, this is eater. this is the really substantive issues we talk about on a daily basis. Yeah, well, yes,
1: this is important. This stuff. is important stuff. This. Is, uh, do you eat yellow cheese dip or white?
4: Uh white cheese, cheese dip, dip all the way. There you and go. And I See, agree, I J.R. does miss out on so yeah. much.
3: Both so uh Katie and my wife are good friends and so we go out and we've we've they get the, the cheese dip and, and I I don't Absolutely. care if it's white or yellow, it's disgusting.
1: Well I like white cheese dip. Now yeah, here's well, what I don't like. I don't, know. don't put any don't put that chili meat in my cheese dip. I want pure cheese dip. I don't you know, I can yeah. literally to be honest i don't even need the chips i could just sip yeah. out of the, out of the bowl so disgusting that's <laughs> love, so gross that's
0: I the thing if you're stuff. gonna like
3: if i'm if i'm gonna start you know incorporating some cheese into my diet into certain things putting it in a bowl and heating it up i mean think about it i know you're both probably like oh that sounds great right yeah, now it's it, that that just is disgusting just on its face that's just gross
1: okay so what about your your pizza do you like mo- no i'm a mozza? hypocrite you i like do mozzarella
3: mo- i do cheese i go mm-hmm. easy on the cheese you know when i order the pizza
1: now there is one cheese that i do not like at all it's provolone See, do you I like thought provolone
4: that oh, i can't agree with you on that one I okay provolone.
1: all right i don't like it it's too strong for me See, i, I don't, just don't like the taste isn't
3: that similar to mozzarella <laughs> i have no idea
1: no provolone has yeah. got a much stronger taste than mozzarella does. Well. Wow. See, this is a, I love Izzy's, okay? I know I've known Robert Isabel since I don't know, six months since I got to to Little Rock. So almost twenty years. And I've I talked to him constantly. I said, take the Provolone or make it possible that when I get cheese on my pizza here, I don't have to have the, the mozzarella provolone mix. Because that provolone just I I don't just need for pizza you. here, yeah. and he's he's just it's all pre mixed tape. I can't <laughs> yeah. do anything about it. So really, well, so but other than that, I like the Nutty Buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. A Nutty Bird or whatever. I'm all into that.
3: Well, that's the thing. So I love. So we we've, we've just started kind of doing the you know traveling abroad. We went last year, and we went to Paris in the fall. We're going back in a few weeks as well. But that's that's the most difficult part for me is because everything is served with cheese. Hmm. It's really hard.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I love cheese. See,
3: yeah, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. I feel like if I did like it, then I could enjoy those things more, but I'm just, you know.
1: So I'm going to take a real big guess here and say you don't like fondue. Oh, my gosh. Isn't
3: that literally the same thing as cheese dip? It's your worst nightmare. Just, isn't that just a hotter version
1: of yeah, cheese just, dip? That's just having whatever you like, and you dip it in cheese. That's, yeah, yeah. That's that's
3: horrible. I would eat the stuff around it that you're supposed to dip, but...
1: Yeah. There's there. a
3: chocolate fondue. That's great, though,
1: right? It's yeah. It's just there chocolate. is a chocolate fondue. That's great. You know, get a chocolate fountain and go up. It's the only time I'm able it. to
3: participate in fondue is when it's chocolate,
1: so... So I'm just trying to think, where is another place that you can travel to on your 25th wedding anniversary that is not in Italy, that is kind of a good place for romantic times maybe i don't know there's some places in germany that are really good
3: i'd love to go to germany i've got a buddy uh uh justin he and his wife they're going overseas they always hit up the they're they're always like a step ahead they've hit up some places i really want to go um i would love to go to uh uh the united kingdom you know explore that ireland
1: that's where my ancestors are from that's where my ancestors i am i am a saxon Really? Yes. Well, I don't actually know, <laughs>
5: yeah,
3: all the the specifics, but I know my my dad's side is, I think Scottish and and Irish, and if you know, I could be completely wrong there. My mom's side is German, so
1: yeah, that's that's the way I am. My really? mother's side yeah. was German. My father is uh, English, and
3: I know a little bit more about my mom. So her grandparents were Lobbenthal, so they actually moved over to the United States, uh, and and then you know. But that's they. They came and established residency over in Mobile, Alabama. Okay. And uh, Lobenthal Lumber was their big, uh, cool. business. Yeah, my mom still gets a a check from Lobenthal Lund- Lumber um, even today. That's very yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, you go so over you go. head over to uh, UK, and I can't think of what city it is, but right in the middle there is a small town of Ellswick. I didn't. It was Ellswick Gun huh. Gun uh, Powder Factory, Ellswick Bicycles. So that's where your Ellswick, family's from? Yeah, Ellswick uh, Shipbuilding. We were the poor side of the Ellswicks, evidently, because we, <laughs> we came over as indentured
5: servants. You were, ru- you were run off. <laughs> what did you guys
3: do? So At some point— I've always said uh, that.
1: Something we happened. We did something.
3: It was a bad family
1: dinner or something. Yeah. It went bad. It went sideways. That's really That's funny. Well, I
3: wanted to do. I wanted to spend a a week or so uh, on Lake Como in Italy. I've always wanted to do that. Had some friends that got married there. Didn't didn't get to go out there. That would be a fun one. I so want to go to Italy. 25th. I want to
1: go to Italy just because of the history.
3: Hey, it, awesome! I, that was my favorite part. We uh, and we so we'll probably end up doing the same thing again. It was fun, but it was hitting Venice up and then Florence and the art and the history. And Katie's in Rome, too so.
1: young to have a bucket list yet, so. But Katie, let me just <laughs> let me just ask, is there one country you really want to go to?
4: I would have to say Italy.
1: Just Italy? Mm-hmm. You a big art fan and stuff. You like art? I you, enjoy you it. You like history? I love history. Okay. I'm big about all of that stuff. She's a
3: history I, major.
4: Where are you I really? was. Yes. At the okay. University of Arkansas.
1: US history or you know, world history? US, just general US? history. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I like yeah. that for sure.
3: See, I wasn't a big you know, I'm not, I appreciate art. I don't know that I know exactly how to appreciate art, uh, but when we went over there, I loved it. I loved the, and I think really the stories behind the art and how it got to work, you know, and how it, it was created and the stories of the artists behind it and, and Michelangelo and all those sorts of things and all the, the he had a, several um, statues that were unfinished. But they called them, I forget the, like the uh, four or five, I think four slaves or five slaves anyway. He he But the way he, chiseled them he didn't do it like a normal artist where you know you kind of work your way around and and, you know he would like sort of it was almost like he was freeing them and so he didn't finish these projects but if you look at them it's crazy it looks like they're breaking out of this block of of uh marble. yeah it's crazy Yeah, marble but those those are the kind of things i'm just and i i got i got nothing but i just love the history behind it so like while you were over
1: there did you see the dave did you see david yeah i did that's a lot bigger than what most people think it it's is. It's a lot
3: bigger, and <laughs> I didn't know this, but it was actually supposed to go on top of the Duomo. Yes. And they loved it so much, they decided to put it in the town square, uh, and that's how it kind of became the trademark, the symbol of Florence. It's very cool.
1: But that's the Vat other good get. thing about it. The other good thing about Italy is depending on what part of the country is, is different things that they're known for. Yep. You know, You know, are they known for, like, is it, uh, you know, textiles or, yeah. uh, you know, the Medici family and banking and all, and all the rest? I mean, and all the political intrigue that went on in Italy is of stuff that I'm in. See, I watched the Borgias.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you're right, <laughs> though. What just you kidding. just said. No, what you said, though, is is right. That's that's the craziest part, and that's why we like you so much is isn't like, wherever you went— it was just like a different country yeah. because every place is so different. Because
1: that's the way they were. They were different yeah. states. Yeah, exactly. At that time. And it wasn't had... the
3: big uh, – the Florence and the Siena, those fights were uh, – the funny about the Duomo in Florence, they had built it, and it was going to be the biggest in the world. Mm-hmm. And then Siena built something bigger, so they had to like – they had already built the walls, so they had to build it up, and that's how they got the dome. Yeah. Right. But it's just that, that, that crazy competition and – The wars between the states in Italy. All the time.
1: Crazy. All the time. Let's take a final break. We come back. The next segment is all about you, Katie. (laughs) It's all about you. I know you can't wait. we got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, so Katie, when you go back and talk to the governor today, tell him that uh, Bernie Sanders (laughs) has decided that we need national, his words, not mine, national rent control. Wow. Now, somebody tell me this guy ain't a commie. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, somebody tell me he's not a communist. He's a communist.
3: I, I don't think he, uh, I, by the way, one of my favorite questions in the last debate was, uh, I forget which one of the moderators, it was the Latino moderator who asked a question about whether or not you are a uh, socialist, and he went on for about 60 seconds defending that he's a democratic socialist. I I'm that. not
1: like those Cubans and Venezuelans.
3: Right. That's, I think he actually <laughs> brought a, a, a part of that up. But, no, I thought it's interesting. You're basically saying that he wants housing for all, guarantee. Yeah. Guar- a guaranteed home, a
1: fundamental right. Yeah. Everybody should have a house. Yep. Yeah. National rent control. Did well, that, you, have you ever watched the movie Fire Height 541 and they all lived in the same homes? Folks? These people bring in movies to the to reality now. Yeah, it's
3: well, I mean, you also think about it from this perspective. I mean, this literally is why Democrats have this reputation for being idealistic, right? The idea that everybody should have a home, that's a great idea. You know, everyone should have a car, absolutely. Everyone should go to college, you know, but the ideas, it, it, there are just ideas. There's that no way to work. pay for it. How do you? How does it work? All that sort of stuff. But when you, I mean, the other issue I brought up during the break too. It's a gargantuan number. I don't know exactly what it is. I think in DC, the I think 70 percent of the homeless population has some sort of mental illness. So how do you address that? Again, it's the idealistic part of it. I just think it's 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 almost becoming a, a like a like a Friday night must see television. Comedy. Right? I agree. I, I mean, agree. The, what I, else are they going to say? And this is another example. We talked about this. They fall over each other to get to the left, and it's further and further left. So next debate, they're going to talk about, well, do you believe everyone should have a home? What yeah. do you say to
1: that? I, I agree. I heard that CNN is having an LGBT night. All right. Yeah, so which which of the parties are dividing up America? Which party is really the divisive party for America? I'll just tell you this. It's the party that starts with a D, not with an R. All right, with that, let's go over. (laughs) Let's talk to to Katie here. Uh, How long have you been involved or or been interested in politics?
4: Oh, from the time I was very young. uh, My father had uh, my sister and I out at, at local parades, holding signs and throwing candy out of the back of truck beds so it's kind of been in my blood for a while
1: you 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 like the whole political process of being you know from you know run people running for office and things of that nature you like to be involved in all of that
4: i do i enjoy it um and i enjoy uh doing something that i feel is benefiting my country
1: yeah that's good well that you're a republican you're benefiting your country i'm just telling you that right now the other party is not i just proved it when i told you of bernie sanders Oh, by the way, I didn't give you the price tag of that, $2.7 trillion a year. A year. You know, Margaret Thatcher is right. Socialism is great until you run out of other people's money. You start taking $2.7 trillion just to give people homes, you run out of money pretty damn quick. Pretty fast. Pretty <laughs> it won't fast. take you long. Yeah. It won't take you long at all. So what what's your major thing? The first thing that you want to change when you take over that this guy's been doing now you go well. I wouldn't have done it that way. I, that, that's a tough question. <laughs> Come <go>. on,
4: Dave. <laughs>
1: I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not really no. asking. i just in all just seriousness, saying.
4: though. I will. Say, Jr. has done an incredible job over the past I five years. I think he has.
1: I think he's done very well. Uh,
4: we've been colleagues and, and more importantly, friends. And um, I cannot say better things about uh, his job as communications director and um, his service to the governor and the state.
1: How's this change your 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 life? Basically, I mean, how does it? How does things change for Katie? Because it's number one. Got to come back to Arkansas.
4: I do, and I'm excited to come home. Uh, I will be moving from D.C. and that moving is always a challenge. Yeah, uh, but I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I have a background in communications. Um, I went to law school here in Little Rock, uh, and I've worked uh, like Jr. said earlier for the government. Did you
1: have Robert Steinbach as a professor?
4: I did not, unfortunately.
1: Oh, <laughs> man. You'll meet him along the right way. He's part of my show okay. often.
4: I look forward to it. Uh, well, no, and uh, I've, I've worked for the governor for uh, three years in D.C. Uh, in communicating his message to uh, our delegation, to the administration, and to various federal agencies. Uh, so I have a communications background, but uh, this this will be a, a new experience for me, and I'm looking forward to taking on the role.
1: Okay, so most important world leader you've ever met?
4: Oh, that I've ever met?
1: Yeah. Did you have, I'm sure being in D.C., you've, you've run, you've rubbed elbows with some world leaders.
4: I, I've, I've been able to meet the vice president.
1: you met Pence? You've met my buddy? Just we very, worked together in vague Indianapolis. Very passing.
4: Very passing. <laughs> He's a good guy. Uh, yeah.
1: Did you get to talk to him at all?
4: Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: I, oh,
3: no. I, he just walked by? I, I
4: cannot say His that. His shadow very, just covered on him. Very, here. very Dave, Dave, brief. Yeah. Dave,
3: Dave we're, we're the staffers. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Mike's the gar- a good the guy. Homes. Yeah. You know? Well, Dave, Dave uh, you used to, didn't you, what'd you say? You used to be on the radio with, you'd have him on quite a bit? I was. was yeah, he local... would be on.
1: Well, he was a local talk show host in Indianapolis. Yeah. So was I. We both worked for the yeah, same company. Right. And uh, we were on at basically the same time. He was on the Indiana radio network. I was on, uh, on K-A-R-N. K-A-R-N. That's wrong. <laughs> W-I-P-C-A. <W-I-B-Z. laughs> I was on WIBC. I was on KARN at one time, but that's right. WIBC, and uh, we would. It was during the Clinton administrations, during the '90s, and we would stand out in the hall and tell Clinton jokes, and then we'd <laughs> go in into our studios and do our shows. That's funny. <laughs> he is a good guy. He really is a good guy. And all of you who don't like him just because he's religious, has <laughs> on you raspberry. <laughs> all right. I'll see you tomorrow, bud. All right. All right. Tomorrow Next we're going to talk about vaping. Katie, I look forward to seeing you. If you want to come in tomorrow, come in tomorrow. You'll get a real feel about what it's all like.
4: Thanks for having me, Dave. All
1: right. Thank you so much. (laughs) Let's take a break. Uh, Don't forget that uh, Congressman Hill comes up at 3.30. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, Bernie Sanders. The working man, socialist. The man who wants to raise your taxes so high you'll not, be, you'll not have enough money to spend on yourself, but everybody will be taken care of. You'll be taken care of. Now, you might not have the house that you want. You may not have the furniture that you want. I mean, you'll have furniture. it just be crappy furniture. You'll have a house. it will just be a crappy house. Unless you happen to be one of the elites and then you'll have a really, really nice house at the, because uh, you'll be taking everybody else's money and spending it on yourself. So Sanders unveiled a plan today that he said, quote, will end homelessness, unquote. Instead of trying to pass something for the United States, Bernie, why don't you head out to San Francisco and help them... End homelessness in San Francisco first. Prove that your program will work first on a smaller scale uh, before we uh, try to drop it on the American people. See, that's what's so great about the United States of America. We got 50 states, and all these states try all kinds of different things in helping the citizens of their state. And in other states, if they see some state is doing something that really works well, they can incorporate it and make it fit into their state. States are like little laboratories of development, okay? And great thing. That's why state rights are so important and that the federal government doesn't use the the heavy uh, fist or, as I like to say, the uh, velvet-gloved, you know, Coated iron fist to um, you know pass things uh, that will control your life. He went on. He says he's going to make access to affordable housing. Now I'll I'll let you try to figure out in your mind what affordable is, because see that's the devil's always in the details, right? What's affordable for me and what I think should be affordable is going to be different than what's affordable for Zach, for instance. And the housing that Zach needs will be different than the housing that I think I need or that my daughter thinks she needs for her family of uh, four children and her husband. Or, uh, and we can go on and on. Uh, he wants to make access to affordable housing a This is the wonderful two words that they love to use on the left. Fundamental right. Where does fundamental right come from? Does it come from the Constitution? No. Does it come from, you know, the Bible? No. It's a fundamental right that. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders thought up in his IBM, his itty-bitty mind. Quote, in America today, there is virtually no city or town where a full-time minimum wage worker can afford a decent two-bedroom apartment. Two-bedroom apartment, not one bedroom, not an efficiency, but a two-bedroom apartment. His uh, plan is called Housing for All. Sounds so, sounds so nice. Just sounds so nice. Quoting the senator again in the richest country in the history of the world, every American must have, every American must, must. Now, he's not talking about the illegals here. He said every American. Of course, if you get across the border and you do it illegally, He'll say you're an American, I'm sure. Every American must have a safe, decent, accessible, and affordable home as a fundamental right. We need a home's guarantee. And I misquoted myself last night. I said it was $2.7 trillion plan. It's a $2.5 trillion plan plan. which which will combat the housing shortage in America by investing in the construction of 7.4 million homes for low-income renters, which Sanders said will, quote, remain affordable in perpetuity, unquote. It would also fund construction for another $2 mixed-income social housing units that would help desegregate and integrate communities. In addition, Sanders' plan would impose nationwide rent controls that would cap annual increases by no more than 3% or 1.5 times the rate of inflation, whichever is greater. Sanders said his call for nationwide rent control is necessary to protect tenants from skyrocketing housing costs and protect renters from evictions. But there's widespread agreement among economists that such me- measures negatively impact new home construction. Quote, while Rent control appears to help current tenants in the short run. In the long run, it decreases affordability, fuels gentrification. In other words, the people who live in them get older and older and older, not younger, and creates negative spillovers on the surrounding neighborhood. The left-leaning Brookings Institution reported just last year. The federal government has a dubious history intervening in the housing market. Have we forgot about the housing bubble that crashed the market just as recently as 2007? was inflated by policies supported by former Presidents Clinton and Bush that were intended to help minorities purchase, purchase homes by lowering mortgage requirements. Economic studies found... Sanders' plan would be funded primarily by a wealth tax on the top 1% of income earners in addition to new taxes on certain categories of homeowners. Uh-oh, oh wait, wait, let me read that to you again. In addition to new taxes on certain categories of homeowners, one of which may apply to the presidential hopeful. The plan calls for a 2% empty home tax on the property value of homes owned by individuals that are vacant. The measure is designed to, quote, bring more units into the market and curb the use of housing as a speculative investment, unquote. Sanders, who owns three houses and has an estimated net worth of at least $2 million, didn't respond to calls from other uh, press outlets when asked if he would need to pay the tax on any of his properties. Sanders' housing plan would also realize a core tenet of the Green New Deal by retrofitting all public housing by 2030 to run completely on renewable energy sources. Sanders said the measure would make electricity Virtually, hang in there, virtually free after 2035. Call up somebody at Pixar. I want to make a, I want to make a movie. A movie that just completely throws, you know, logic to the wind and you know, physics don't matter and economics don't matter. And you know, I think I'm believing that um, that Sanders is like a new form of Willy Wonka. You know, he's going to give everybody a gold ticket. And everybody can eat all the chocolate candy they want whenever they want to. They can have a Wonka bar every day of every, you know, week of every month of every year for the rest of your life, and you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to pay for it. Oh, you'll pay for it. You you see, what's going to happen, you ever look at your paycheck when you get it and see how much taxes the government took out of your paycheck and the state took out of your paycheck and social security took out of your paycheck and Medicare took out of your paycheck. Well, now you'll have the affordable housing tax and uh, they're going to take out a lot of your money. So that that free house that you got, you're really paying for it. I mean, I, I got to tell you, this is another one of those examples. I love to say, you know, you never thought housing could be so expensive until it was free. Now, I'm just telling you, this guy is the biggest snake oil salesman I have ever seen in my life. He and Warren, I'll say this about Biden at least, he has a small grain of logic. I mean, it's really small of grain in his what he's running on, on his platform, Sanders and, and Warren, man, they're just, you might as well forget about making uh, more than probably $50,000 a year, maybe $25,000 a year. Cause if you make over that, they're going to take all your money. They're going to make it where you don't want to make over X amount of dollars. All these people that they talk about, that they got so much money, they got money coming out of their ears, you know, and we're going to make sure they don't. Number one, they'll plant it somewhere where they can't get to it. That's one thing that will happen. Number two, don't think that the people that are making the money aren't smart enough to know that they'll stop or figure out a way to show that they made less money. And it stops them right before what it is the government is going to say they're going to tax more of to give that money to the people who got less of it. You know, they talk about the, the politics of greed. This is the politics of envy. This is the politics of envy. You're envious about the people who got, and you say, I don't care if you take it from them. Just give it to me. Folks, that's envious, and that's totally, totally, against Christianity. That's against God's law. You're not supposed to covet other people's stuff. You're supposed to find yourself happy in the positions that you are. like just like the apostle Paul did. You know, I find myself, I've, I've learned to find myself happy in times of plenty and in times of need. We need to get back to that here in this country. That's the way it was in this country for a long, long time. I remember I grew up in a family, didn't have a lot, but we were a happy bunch. Sanders, Idiot. A break, 20 after. More of Dave Elswood coming up. Don't forget coming up at the bottom of the hour. Congressman uh, French Hill will be with us. I got to talk to him about this. This is something we got to talk a little bit about because look, just economics 101. Do me a favor, read read the dummies book of uh, of economics or something. Read something that at least explains how economics works so that you'll know how stupid this plan really is. All right, back with you. We've got about 5 minutes till we get to uh, the news. And then uh, we will uh, come back from the news and join uh, Congressman French Hill in Washington, D.C. We'll have a lot to talk to him about. I'm sure I got to ask him about this crazy Sanders program. I mean, every. Yeah, I've said enough. I've said I don't I guess I don't say need to say enough. Do I need to say any more about it? No, I don't think I do. Thank you, Zach. Zach saying. Not, it's not worth getting upset, Dave, because it's not going to happen. And he's right; it's not, it's not going to happen. Uh, it, it just cannot happen. Not the way as crazy as all this stuff uh, is is going. As far as uh, as they're cons- consent considered. All right, what we got here? I had a a story. Got to find it. Here it is. Uh, the federal reserve today cut interest rates again by 25 basis points to a new target range of 1.75%, uh, to 2% and telegraphed a strong likelihood of one more rate cut by the end of the year, continuing to cite global concerns. See the United States going strong, buddy. Uh, this last, uh, was about 2.2% growth. Uh, should have been more if they'd done some of these cuts a little earlier. Probably been in the three point five, maybe even closer to four percent. But anyway, they they didn't. The Fed didn't, and it didn't help. It hurt. But what? Here's what the Fed's seeing, and a lot of people are seeing Europe and a lot of uh, the Asian uh, world. Uh, it looks to be spiraling towards a recession. The United States is not. Is not. Not saying that if. Europe and Asia stay in a recession long enough that it won't pull us down with them. Uh, But we're in a pretty doggone strong place right now. Uh, They've been, they're citing these global concerns. Uh, Said business investment weakened since the uh, Fed's last policy setting meeting in July when it cut rates for the first time since '08. The Fed also added new language in its statement, noting that U.S. exports have also weakened, underscoring the impact of the trade war on the central bank's reading of the U.S. economy. Little else was changed in the statement beyond the new description of household spending as rising at a strong pace. Reinforcing Fed Chairman Powell's commentary over the past few months, highlighting the American consumer as the driving force for a U.S. economy in a favorable place. We've been in that place as far as uh, consumer spending driving us the way we are since about the 1920s. If you ever get a chance, uh, watch the History Channel. They've been doing a great series about men who made America great, Carnegie and, you know, Rockefeller, people like that. And now they're doing a series on uh, the foods that made America great. Uh, last night I sat and watched one that was just great about uh, Milton Hershey and uh, what was the guy's the other guy's name, uh, Frank Mars. Of course, Mars Bars, all of that, and I don't need to even sit here and try to discuss and tell you about Hershey's. But amazing stories about these people and how they built uh, their companies and how it changed the world. Kellogg's Post, who became General Foods, and a whole lot of other things. Just amazing to watch it. And it's amazing to watch because it shows you the power of capitalism. Not socialism, capitalism. Capitalism. A record number of uh, dissents under the Powell-led Fed raises questions about the uniformity of Fed's outlook. St. Louis Fed President James Bullitt voted for a 50 basis point cut, but Kansas City Fed President uh, Esther George and Boston Fed President Eric Rosengen voted for no change. Both George and Rosengen dissented against the July decision as well, also preferring at that time to hold rates steady. All right, we got news coming your way. Then we got the congressman. We'll talk about this in the 5 o'clock hour. You know, you got a 96% chance, a 96% chance of losing $111,000 in Social Security benefits. That's right. That's according to new research in Bloomberg. 96% of Americans lose $111,000 in Social Security benefits because they take their benefits at the wrong time. They don't understand, and they go out and they... Take your social security at 62. When if you wait until you're, you know, 66, 67, 68, you're fully vested. You get a lot more money. And if you wait a little longer than that, you get a lot more money. Learn how you can avoid this by an educational uh, seminar called Maximizing Social Security with David Lucas. It happens here in Little Rock. Two workshops this month, Tuesday to 24th, next Tuesday, and next Thursday to 26th, registration is $20. Seats are selling fast, so you better get your seat. And uh, if you save $250,000 or more, register now by calling 501-653-6690. The workshop will reveal the little-known strategies that could help you wring every nickel out of your benefits that are rightfully yours call 501-653-6690 or you can register right online at com. well let's head out to washington dc congressman french hill joins us here on the dave ellswick show as he does every week congressman how are things in washington dc today nice day there
6: yeah. Dave, good to hear your voice. Yeah, this is like our first fall day today. It's a beautiful day and, and actually cooler. So we can hope for a Little Rock we're going to send that weather home.
5: Hey,
1: I, before, I, there's some things I want to really talk to you about, but let me just hit you on two things real quick. One, mm-hmm. the president, president is really ticked off at the Fed today that they only cut a, a quarter of, uh, of a percent and uh, said if they would cut more, the economy would do better. Your thoughts on that?
6: Well, the Fed uh, has watched over the last month, the last two months, they've been split on what they think the economic outlook for the U.S. is. I'd say the outlook is still strong. We still have growing employment, rising wages, higher productivity, and uh, the general view here is strong. But in Europe, in China, and other places, the economy is softening. So I thought their posture today was pretty good. They lowered rates. said they'd continue to look at it. But when you have mixed um, economic data, it's not something I think you want to overreact to one way or the other. So I thought they were cautious but appropriate in, in cutting rates.
1: Okay. And that's, that's, that's fair enough. Did you hear Senator Bernie Sanders' latest program today that he unveiled
6: I missed that, but I guarantee you that uh, it's going to be free. What
5: is
1: it? But you're right. (laughs) Of course it is. People don't know how expensive housing can get until it's free. Uh, He wants housing for all. He literally wants the government to build 7.5 million low-income homes. Sounds like they want to go back to the Cabrini Greens of Chicago, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm
6: sure they're all going to be, uh, you know, he's never explained to people who benefits from that, how much it's going to cost, mm. uh, whose ox is gored. He just uh, lives in Alice in Wonderland. You go down the hole with him on these visits, and you never know what you're going to come back out of the rabbit <laughs> hole with. So I can't
1: um, believe I read this stuff that he t- says, and people buy it.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, the, to keep my analogy going, it's like the queen in Alice in Wonderland is, you know, says, I can believe 10 impossible things before breakfast. And this guy's an expert in that. He offers 10 impossible things daily.
1: That's exactly right. Oh, this has just a small price tag, $2.7 trillion. Yeah, well, that's true. Oh, I cry, but that
5: wouldn't do any good. Yeah, I know. I
6: mean, you know, I can't keep count of uh, what the – takeover of the poor democratic party is up to you have 90 trillion on the green new deal and you have uh two three trillion here and i can't keep track of all the trillions that they're going to to spend
1: just think if everett dirksen was still alive trillion here <laughs> and a trillion there and pretty soon we're talking about real money right i'm pretty sure he'd be being rolled into the <laughs> heart hospital if he were still alive i'm i'm with you Our guest, of course, Congressman French Hill. Hey, the Democrats, fake impeachment. You got to talk about this. Yeah, Dave, this was
6: uh, I thought after we got the uh, Mueller report, uh, look, the Mueller report went on for years. We spent twenty five million dollars. We had FBI. We had everybody working on it. All the witnesses, they wanted, and they said there was no collusion between Donald Trump and the Russians. And then the Department of Justice, upon reviewing all the case files, said there was no uh, case for federal obstruction of justice. So we we moved on. But, you know, of course, a handful of people in the Democratic Party here in the House did not move on. Mm -hmm. And uh, the kingpin of the not move on caucus is Jerry Nadler, who is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. And is, again, living in this Alice in Wonderland world where, look, even though the American people, 59 percent of the people in a mammoth university poll say Americans are against impeachment. And NBC uh, says, Wall Street Journal says only 20 percent of Americans support Congress beginning an impeachment inquiry. Well, let's ask what Congress said. And Al Green of Houston, Texas, brought the resolution to the floor to commence. Right. Of Donald Trump, and it was overwhelmingly voted down. There's no support in Congress, and there's no support among the American people, and Jerry Nadler just continues this campaign. All it is is a political campaign, and it's put him at odds with Speaker Pelosi and Minority Leader Steny Hoyer, who both come out here and try to – Tell the press here in Washington, oh, there's no impeachment inquiry. We're not doing that. But in the meantime, one of the most important committees in Congress, the Judiciary Committee, is wrapped up in this, as you describe it, fake impeachment proceeding. Yep. Let me remind your listeners, the Judiciary Committee, which is involved in law enforcement policy and law in this country, is the key committee on what? Immigration reform. Mm-hmm. So we could be having hearings on how to fix the broken immigration system, how we could fix the broken asylum system, how we could help families at the border. But nope, we're busy holding hearings that no one here is paying any attention to.
1: I had a laugh at Lewandowski yesterday. He, he drove them crazy yesterday, did he not?
5: Yeah,
6: it was, it was, you know, it's, uh, he's got patience and uh, I admire anyone that has uh, patience to deal with, with this kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's really beyond the pale at uh, what they're trying, what they do in the house now. And, you know, Congressman, how do you feel about the Republicans who have decided that they're not going to run for office again? This is, this is kind of putting this in a in a hole and trying to take the house back
6: yeah i do think that uh we've had a, a spate of retirements in august uh, my friend will Hurd, who i think the world of from south texas is really the only one of those republicans that's in a very very competitive district that district was won by mrs clinton uh uh in 2016 will's a fine guy I wish him well at the end of this term. But the other members who've uh, elected to leave, Bill Flores down at College Station, Texas, or Jim Sensebrenner or Sean Duffy up in Wisconsin, these are in very solid Republican districts. I think we'll uh, recruit great candidates and and win there. Uh, and I'm still uh, targeting that we can uh, take the House back in the next cycle. The cause of the policies of this out of control Socialist Democratic Party in the House. And the fact that the principal ten to twenty candidates in the Democratic Party for president are not in any way speaking to independent voters or swing voters or centrist Americans where most Americans find themselves. Isn't it an- out on the fringe trying to out Bernie Bernie. And you can't outdo Bernie. No. no. I mean Elizabeth Warren's gonna try. She's she's I'm giving her a Letter grade of A for all the papers she publishes on outdoing burning, So she's working hard. Uh, but this is not where the American people are in our country.
1: Well, the, the policies that the Democrats are pushing from climate change to immigration to everything else, they're all underwater with the average American, anywhere from 2 to 20 points. Why do you think you can win a White House running that kind of a, of a campaign for a national party?
6: I don't understand it. I do. I do invite people to study that. So Nancy Pelosi has been Speaker of the House now for going on nine months. She has nothing to show for it. She's simply uh, not sent proposals in any bipartisan shape or form that can pass the Senate and be enacted into law with a presidential signature. She has for nine months, for the most part, Uh, 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 catered to this far left wing in the House Democratic Conference and offered policies that will go nowhere. And this is, uh, she does not control her conference. And I'll use the previous conversation we had on Jerry Nadler as a prime example. Uh, So she's against the procedures and yet he just goes right on down uh, his business. What she needs to do if she wants to help the country is have the Judiciary Committee work on a bipartisan immigration fix that we can support and get USMCA approved so that yep. we can have certainty about this economy with Mexico and Canada, who are our largest trading partners and who are so important to our businesses and our farmers in Arkansas.
1: I got you. All right. We got to take a break, Congressman. When we come, Congressman French Hill is our guest, as he is on each uh, Wednesday program of the Dave Ellswick Show. When we come back, Let's talk about this attack on Saudi Arabia's oil infrastructure. That's an important topic. It evolves around the president says he's going to tighten up uh, restrictions on them some more. Let's talk about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with uh, Congressman French Hill. He's in Washington, D.C. They are back in session there. And uh, he's, in, uh, of course, coming and joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show on Wednesday like he always does. Congressman, uh, terrible attack in Saudi Arabia on a huge oil uh, refinery there, world's second largest producer of oil. Uh, Some people, like uh, Paul, have said that America should stay out of that. I got to say, if somebody's attacking the world's oil supply, it becomes of national interest for us to be involved in it. How do you th- see it?
6: Well, this is uh, was a shock. It was a major attack. Uh, when you think about taking 5 million barrels a day offline, that's 50% of Saudi production. So in our lifetimes, that would have been an economic catastrophe. Uh, but fortunately, <clears throat> due to the policies of the United States to lift our ban on crude oil to invest in our innovation and technology and horizontal drilling and uh, fracture technology. Uh, America now is the largest producer of uh, oil and gas in the world, and what a blessing that is. This is one of those things we just take for granted in the United States. It just happens underneath our noses, uh, and it has been such a blessing to the world because if we had not been in that position— And you had a Venezuela Mm -hmm. offline because of the catastrophic uh, management chaos there. Uh, Iran offline due to sanctions. And then someone took 50% of oil off the market. We would have had an immediate recession and a shock to our system. So, number one, it's good that America has the energy policies that we have, which is an all the above energy that puts a premium on technology. Uh, Look. The United States believes strongly that uh, Iran was behind uh, this attack. We were uh, at our planning meeting on uh, Saturday, and we listened to Secretary Pompeo talk at length about the risks in the Middle East and also in the the Asia-Pacific challenges. And Iran is at the heart of this. They've been very strategic at trying to press uh, both the Gulf countries like Saudi Arabia and Europe. To help back down the Americans who want a different Iranian nuclear deal, I think they're going to fail in that effort. Uh, so I was pleased to see the president today announce that we're going to ratchet up uh, sanctions on Iranians. Yeah. Not I... the Iranian people, but the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, Soleimani personally, uh, and some of the bad actors that are planning and carrying out these attacks.
1: Yeah, how do you feel though about some of your associates in the House and in the Senate that are saying, "Oh, we got to have hands off of, on this because this isn't our fight." Like I said, this is uh something that affects the whole global economy. How is that not, you know, in our national interest to make sure things keep running smoothly?
6: I know that there is a head in sand caucus about the realism and threats we face in the world. I've got that I think uh, Senator Paul is a, a leading uh, proponent of that point of view but look American business fifty percent of the s;P 500 revenues fifty percent of our standard and poor's 500 largest American publicly traded businesses come from earnings from abroad. That's why we did our tax reform system and American business across the board are leading international companies. So to say, oh, we don't care what happens to the Saudi Arabian uh, oil production, that impacts prices, trade, and industrial production in the whole world, which in fact does impact Americans, not only our exports and our trading capacity, but our day-to-day international companies. So I think it's a very naive view. With that said, should we work carefully with our allies on how to uh, deal with challenges around the world? And I believe that strongly. Of course. I don't think think the U.S. should go it alone in in various – and I feel that way, as you know, as we've talked about trade over the last few months. But here we have allies in the region, and we are united with Europe behind the scenes and with the Gulf state partners – uh, to rein in, uh, and certainly our ally Israel, to rein in the behavior of the Iranians, get them back to the negotiating table. That's, I know this is a lot of noise, but the mission is to get them back to the negotiating table, talk about ballistic missiles, talk about export of terrorism, and talk about restricting their nuclear uh, activities to civilian electricity and power production.
1: All right. We're about down to four minutes. Let me ask you to tell us about uh, the uh, Overpayment Accountability Act. You've been working with New Jersey Congressman Andy Kim on that.
6: Yeah, this is a, uh, a Andy Kim's a new member of Congress from uh, New Jersey. I thought this was an excellent idea to work on together. We both value our relationship with our veterans. You know, sometimes due to errors at the VA, I know you're shocked to hear that there are errors at the VA, but occasionally no. the government makes a mistake. <laughs> and when that mistake affects the credit of one of our great veterans, I think the VA should be uh, responsible for correcting that and holding the veteran harmless and fixing their IT systems. So this, this bill, the uh, VA Overpayment Accountability Act, is to correct those errors, uh, reimburse veterans, make sure they're not having their credit hurt by a mistake at the VA, and helping the VA make sure that they update their outdated uh, IT and communication systems.
1: This is great. Good, good work, Congressman. This is good work. Uh, I mean, how long does it take for something like this to really see the light of day and have effect with, with veterans?
6: You know, what's what's great in the four and a half years I've been here now, almost five years, I am so proud of the strong bipartisan approach to finding solutions to accountability at the VA. Uh, Because it has been a a challenge in so many ways, yet we know the quality of lots of good VA employees, lots of veterans work at the VA themselves. But I had Mark Decano, who's a very uh, progressive, liberal member of Congress from California, Uh, in Little Rock last week to meet with uh, Dr. Margie Scott, meet veterans. uh, And I really appreciate him coming. And he shares that bipartisan support of fixing veterans accountability, even if he's a pretty progressive liberal member of the Democratic House. And I'm proud he came to Little Rock to help focus on how do we run a better, more accountable VA and how do we get the service we need to to uh, our vets, so it's. A, I'm. I'm pleased to work with anybody in both parties if they're for accountability and for service to our veterans.
1: All right, uh, I'll get. Let's. Let's you and I agree that we can get behind uh, West Virginia Senator Manchin, who told O'Rourke uh, today, "Come and take. Try to take my guns from me."
5: Yeah, <laughs> this is.
6: I tell you. Uh, Beto is out there and you know, I'm gonna have to come up with a new analogy. I don't even think he fits in Alice's Wonderland. I think he's in yeah. a special place. I'm gonna have to work on that when he, when we talk next time.
1: All right, we will do so. Congressman uh, French Hill, thanks for the time. We appreciate you and we appreciate the great work you're doing for the state of Arkansas and our great country.
6: God bless. See you soon, Dave. All right, bye
1: bye now. All right. Congressman French Hill is doing great, great work up there and Washington DC. All right, we got news coming your way. Then when we come back, Joe is gonna be here from Bumper to Bumper. And did I hear that Jerry was coming today? That's what I heard. I better lock the door. All right, we got more coming your way after the news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, moving to the 4 o'clock hour. Some of you have gotten through your Wednesday, hump day, middle of the day, over the hill day, closer to Friday than you were on Monday, and that's a good thing. Some of you are like me and envious of the people who are going home right now. But here pretty soon, we'll get to go home too. Is yep. that right, Joe?
7: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: I mean, you're like me. Yeah. You'll leave here, you'll go back to work. I go
7: by there just for a few minutes and go home.
1: Yeah, then you get to go home, but yep. close to 6 o'clock.
7: Most of the time, it's 6 or a little after before I'm heading to the house.
1: Which is good, because I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I get out of here a little early, and the traffic stinks. Yeah. About 5.15, it stinks trying to get through that I-30. You spend that
7: time sitting in traffic. That's exactly right. That extra (laughs) time that you got.
1: You sit and just wait and twiddle your thumbs. All right. So good to have you here, Joe. You brought a couple of people with you. Jerry is here, who is my shadow. On Saturday during the car and truck mm-hmm. doctors, I guess you could call me that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you, you you gave me a, a holler now and then if I have a question. I just verbalize a question out over the air. And you get it on uh, a text, and, and I get a text from Jerry. <laughs> he knows when I'm asking him a question. He's sitting there having his coffee in the morning, and yes, sir, he just sends me an answer, and we give it to the to the listeners. Then
7: that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it that yep.
1: way. I really do. He's he's, he's never. Well, he was negative one time with me, and he sent me a text and said, David's car show, not a baseball show. Yeah, <laughs> I Duck, remember that. Duck and I were talking <laughs> baseball, and for yeah. whatever reason, we really got talking about baseball, <laughs> yeah. and we had gone about a half hour, and Jerry had had enough of it. <laughs> 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 he had had enough. Sports My, and sports. Okay, yeah. Mike <laughs> Aubrey is here. Yeah. Mike, I don't know. I, You look awful familiar. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that we've run into each other and talk before have you been on the show before
8: i haven't been on the show before but uh you know me from uh, my previous employer
7: we can't talk there now yeah. oh
8: we, we can't say that that that. how <laughs> i know that's, you that's okay bad words. we can't say that's that all right <laughs> well you look healthier
1: now that you're with bumper to bumper well thank you yeah that's right probably about
8: 30 pounds more healthy i guess yeah well you, <laughs>
1: yes less stress he's the inventory control manager and has been with Bumper to Bumper for six years, but he's been in the automotive business since 1983. So let's start, start off with you, Mike. Explain what the inventory control manager does.
8: Well, what we do, um, there's actually myself, and then I have a counterpart that it's in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, I've I worked stores pretty much from Little Rock North all the way into Oklahoma and Missouri. Uh, Charlie, he works stores down... Uh, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, uh, pretty much anything south of Little Rock, he's going to take care of those stores. And what we do is, um, you know, I don't care how good a store inventory is today, if you just let it sit there for five years, six years, and you do nothing with it, then uh, five, six years from now, it's just going to be totally out of date. You won't have anything for the newer vehicles. Uh, the older vehicles that are now in the junkyard, uh They've been melted down, what have you. They're not on the road anymore. Um, you, you just have to keep the inventory current. And so that's what we do is we, uh, we take parts that uh, were popular maybe four or five years ago. We pull those out of the store because um, over time they tend to become unpopular. And we add new parts uh, to the inventory that uh, hopefully will we'll have a much better chance of selling.
1: Well, this is something I talked to Joe and to Duck and to a lot of different people about because i I am really amazed at how difficult it must be to to stay up with parts in the automotive in, in, industry, especially what I think now the changes that the automotive industry is undergoing and moving this is the greatest change since we moved from carburation to to fuel injection oh, absolutely because all, of all the different changes how difficult i mean how many sleepless nights do you have <laughs> wondering how many cameras you got to have now it, it 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 will keep you awake at night it, it honestly will
8: uh it's a nonstop job uh, because like i say you can have the best inventory today but in a year You've got to make adjustments uh, because no, new parts. No kidding. Uh, new parts keep coming out; they don't stop. They just keep on coming. And when they start uh, becoming popular, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time because if you have a 2019 vehicle, it doesn't wear out today, but in a year from now, two years from now, parts start to wear out, and uh, you need to have them on the shelf. And like I say, the older vehicles, the 90 model vehicles, uh, some of the 80 model vehicles, those parts, you know, we used to sell a whole bunch of them, but they just don't sell anymore because those cars, you just don't see them on the road very much anymore. So we have to pull those off the shelf, and we have to figure out which of the new parts um, are going to sell or, or we feel like are going to sell.
1: Okay, so that that brings up, is that kind of a, you've had how many years now in the automotive business? Um. Well, I've been in uh, one form or another
8: since 1983.
1: Okay, so you've got years of experience. Mm -hmm. So that part you just talked about, about which parts are going to catch on. I mean, I'm sure that Joe and other people who own, own these certified service centers and things are talking to you. And all of you kind of talk amongst each other and you go by your own gut feeling somewhat about what you think is going to hit it. Well, there, not.
8: there is a certain amount of gut feeling that's I'm involved. I'm thinking. <laughs> but we do use predictive software. Um, we do have software that uh, we we know.
7: Technical term, it's a crystal ball.
8: It, it, yeah, it, 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 I guess you could call it a crystal ball. It's the closest thing we have to a crystal ball. It's like AI, right? Uh, very much. Okay. And and, and so what we ha- we know is that in Pulaski County. We know what vehicles are registered in Pulaski County. We can go any county in the country. Uh, We can go any zip code in the country. And we know what vehicles are registered in those zip codes and registered in those counties. So um, we have that that we can predict. We know the vehicles that are in the market area. Uh, We also have data that tells us failure rates. So if we have this alternator that fits this uh, whatever vehicle – we can predict the failure rate for that uh, alternator. And we combine the failure rates and we combine the vehicle registrations and we can zero in on a pretty good inventory for a store. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a lot of information you've got to crunch. It's, it's a lot of information. It is. And so what we do is, you know, a store, there's limited space, there's limited inventory dollars, so you just have to pick the best of the best and put the most popular items, the the things that people are most likely going to come in and ask for. Um, well, you
7: get a lot of maintenance items in there, air filters. We do. You know, and, and brake pads, wear and tear items, and you're going to have all that for the ones that are shortly out of warranty mm-hmm. because, you know, they're going to be needed in about two and a half, three years.
8: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's one thing that we do take in consideration because maintenance items – uh, they're they're different than what we call the hard parts, which would yep. be the the Tiber audience and ball mm-hmm. joints and stuff like that. but we know that we're going to sell filters for uh, a two thousand and nineteen Chevy pickup truck we just mm-hmm. We know it there's no doubt about it you, you, you've got to do that um, so when those new filters come out, we always stock those we We always have those in stock at least at the warehouse and uh, usually after they're a year or so old. We'll start pushing them out to the stores, and um, we know we're going to sell them.
7: Yeah, because I mean, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's new or not. You have a, a maintenance item; it's called a maintenance item for a reason.
1: That's you know, right.
8: You got to
7: filter your fuel. You got to filter your oil. You got to filter your air. You got cabin air filters. You got wiper blades going to wear out. Got brake pads going to wear out. So those things got to be stocked, and, you know, that's that's a given. Now, your hard parts and your electrical parts, that's probably where your problems that, come in. Uh, well, <laughs> it
8: is, and that's where we really use that predictive software because um, we need to know what the failure rates are, and we need to know what the vehicle count is because if there's uh, a particular vehicle, then there's only 100 in the market area compared to another vehicle where there's 5,000 of those. Obviously, we want to stock as many parts as we can for the, the vehicles that have uh, –
7: See so the highest number. Dave, this is a guy you call when you're going to buy another new car because mm-hmm. he has predictive failure rates. <laughs> That's
8: right. <You>
5: know <laughs> what to tell you
7: to buy. Yeah,
1: and what not to buy. So what brand <laughs> and what model? Huh? And you know that is very one important, thing. important data. Very important. Yeah.
8: When I'm sitting there and I'm looking at parts to put into a store, look what he drives. <laughs> I should. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, follow him. <laughs> I, I can. I, I see a lot of the same parts over and over and over again, and so I can almost tell you well, I don't know, you might want to shy away from that one because we sure sell a lot of yeah. alternators <laughs> and a lot of...
1: Well, I talk to Joe, <laughs> Joe can say, yeah, I see a lot of these <laughs> in my stall, you know? That too, yep. You know, I, 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 can,
7: I can tell you what I work on the most of and what I work on the least of, that's a fact. And what I work on the most of, he's got the parts for him. That's right. What I work on the least of... He may not, because we don't work on very many of
1: them. But he can get it for you. But it's probably in a warehouse. It may too. not be in a
7: local store, but it'd be in a warehouse. Too. Yeah, he can get it fast yeah. for
1: you. Absolutely. That's the way it always works. Let's get our first break in. 18 minutes after 4, Dave Ellsworth Show. Mike Aubrey's here. He's the inventory control manager. He's the guy that makes sure there's parts for your car when you go into your local Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Center so that they can get your car fixed quickly, efficiently, and back into your life so they can get somebody else's car into the stall that they can start working on as well. Jerry's here as well. We're going to talk to him about some things. And uh, Jerry, of course, what is your exact title? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Special Accounts Manager. Special Accounts Manager. They call me a SAM. You know, that makes sense. That goes right along yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of a
7: CIA over at Barbara and Yeah, then we know.
1: We know what Joe does. We'll come back. We'll talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 22 minutes after four on a Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week day, over the hill day. We are closer to Friday than we are on Monday. I'll be here today, tomorrow, and I'm taking uh, a sick day on Friday uh, Linda, as you know, broke her ankle and uh, broke it in three places. She's going to have to have it reconstructed. She'll go under the knife, as I like to go. She hates it when I say it that way. But she's going to go under the knife on Friday. She was supposed to do it on Tuesday. Uh, something happened, and they rescheduled for Friday. But they didn't reschedule until after they put her IV in and all of that. oh And she was not happy. Ooh, 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 ooh. My wife was not happy. And, uh... They've moved it to Friday at about 1 o'clock, so I will not be here. I'll be uh, over at the hospital while she undergoes her surgery and and be in her little room when she gets out and comes to. Uh, I mean, she wants to go through the fear factor of first thing, that last thing she sees when she closes her eyes is me, and first thing she sees when she opens them is, I'm still there. Yeah, yeah kind of thing, you know. But anyway... Uh, Uh, if you have a moment say a little prayer for her, I'd appreciate that. And that's uh, for Friday afternoon. I'll be back on Monday. Uh, We've canceled all of our uh, vacation plans because I was supposed to be out next week and part of the week after. That's not going to happen. Going to let her heal up completely. That should happen sometime early November and then after the first of the year, look at Going somewhere, maybe cruise or fly yeah. somewhere, and you guys have fun. Where that. it's going to be warmer yeah, than what it'd be here at yeah. that time. Yeah, well, we were just going to go. We we're going to just switch heat for heat by going to Florida next week. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. So, Mike Aubrey is here. Uh Jerry's here. Joe's here, and Mike is the inventory control manager. It's been six years with Bumper to Bumper. Uh, you know, I speak highly of Bumper to Bumper. Still. Uh, I think that they're the best that I have seen in this industry and I think what backs that up is that they have been in business as of this year for 100 years. You don't, you don't last for a century and not be doing something right. That's correct. They've been doing it. They've been doing a lot. Correct. That's the way it works. Mm -hmm. So Mike, you guys were having a conversation before you came on the air, uh, and and Jerry, you were talking about that. What exactly were you talking about? I mean, what were you guys BSing about over there? Go ahead, you can tell us. And well, then and then we can get him back into the conversation. If you're
9: referring <coughs> excuse me, if you're referring to what Mike was talking about, it, yeah. apparently that they're working on a program and he can probably more intelligently explain it to you about uh, our inventory in our stores or bumper bumper stores, you know. That has to be replenished. Regular, you know, you have to keep up with it, or or you're dead in the water. If you don't have the inventory, backup stock, uh replenishment, or reorders and stuff like that, you you can't supply the Joe Sharps, the Ducks, you know, uh, all those guys we have, and the other customers that we
1: have. Well, man, but this Joe, is I mean, he he's, he's yeah. like keeps the business in business, doesn't he? Yes, <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. They all do. They all do. But
9: uh, anyway. Mike, I'll let him explain more what what that program's about. But uh, we just can't – we cannot operate without those kinds of programs in place. So do so. things
1: pop up for you, Mike, where, you know, when you're dealing like with Joe, comes up, Joe's garage is going to need blah, 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 because you know how much of something he uses monthly or whatever? Well, we, we do have the sales history.
8: Um, now, I don't go down to the customer level and actually see customer by customer what we sell, okay. I do look at I go to the store level. And so um, I do have that also as, as kind of a backup. So uh, even if our predictive software doesn't say, well, you need to have this part in the store, I can still see the store sells. And if Joe is buying uh, three or four of those parts a year, well, I'll go ahead and put that part in because obviously there's a demand for that part. And so we'll go ahead and and we'll put parts in, so, but we do look at uh, at sales. That is another uh, parameter that
1: we look at: is store sales. Yeah, well, but we Joe, that's just you know, like, damn, he sells a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, he does. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm
7: gonna <laughs> jump in on that just a little bit, just ahead, like uh, the GMC and Chevrolet trucks with the AC condensers. Now hmm. we didn't know this was going to happen, but most of those trucks, about eighty eighty five percent of them, they ever built within. I guess twenty, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, maybe some of the sixteens. AC condensers are leak on them. They wouldn't leak till a truck got about somewhere between seventy and hundred and ten thousand miles on them. Mm-hmm. But once we seen that we were putting a lot of those in, I'm calling my store, Kathy, manager, and say, "Look, you need to stock more of these. They're coming out of the woodwork over here." You know. Mm-hmm. And if you look at if you if you go, you know, we got some websites that we. Purchase, which is like a Denifix, places like that. Mm-hmm. And if you click on that for a GM truck and low-AC refrigerant, the number one in the United States is AC condenser leaking. Loss yep. of Freon. And so <laughs> that's what he's talking about is predictive software. But, are, you know, us guys in the trenches doing the work, yeah, we help them with that.
1: Absolutely. You know,
7: we give them a heads up. Hey, mm-hmm. We say a bunch of these, you better get ready.
1: Okay, so, Mike, <laughs> is this stuff that you all Input into this into the software, or is there some artificial intelligence involved that it can look out and it can figure this stuff on its own? That's it. Uh, yeah, we we, scary, (laughs) but it's amazing (laughs) to me.
8: That that data is provided to us. Wow. Um, but but yeah, there's a there are a couple of companies that are that they're devoted to to finding out that type of information. Gosh,
1: just data mining. I mean, that's. Crazy when you think about all the information that's probably being shoveled mm-hmm. around. And I don't know if it's AI, if it looks out and, you know, Joe came across that article, if it comes across it or whatever and it extrapolates out of that article, of how is that going to affect? Because it's thinking and it's thinking a whole lot faster than we can think. I'm telling you that much. Yes. It's amazing. Really, really, really is. I mean, I get. A lot of people don't think about I think about this stuff. I have a couple of beers, and man, you'd be amazed at what I think about. <laughs> <laughs> you may
9: not be alone. You could
7: be in close company to other people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying,
1: it's just amazing to me where we're going and 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 how this is all going to work out in the future. All right, let's take a break, guys. We got to get the news in. Let's bring that uh, pre- bring people up on that. All right, so we've got special guests in the studio. Jerry Rocha is here from uh, Bumper to Bumper. Uh, Jerry keeps us in line. And then we've got Mike Aubrey here, who is uh, inventory control manager, been uh, with Bumper to Bumper for six years. He's got a really, really important job. He makes sure that the parts are on the shelf uh, that can go out to the uh, stores that are going to deliver the parts to this particular, you know, um, certified certified service, certifi- service centers. Mm-hmm. And and that brings up a good question, Joe. I'll let you lead off this segment, and that has to do with uh, getting bumper-to-bumper certified service center or bumper-to-bumper parts through a certified service center. There's a lot of people, and there's a lot of people that are out there that think they're DIYers. Yes. Uh, or as Kenneth says, destroy it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the bottom line is is that the way we used to work on cars is gone oh it's it a, doesn't exist anymore
7: no it takes too much test equipment and everything and you know we preach it all the time at cscs we test not guess correct and uh you know we were talking to zach and and his father called me and said hey i i found a part online i want to buy well you charge me to put it on ah well, I explained to him that we won't do that, and uh, well, let Mike talk a little bit about the pros and cons of that.
8: Yeah, well, uh, back when I was service manager uh, at a shop, I was the same way. I, I would not put on uh, customer supplied parts. Um, and
1: and then, why was that?
8: Well, you get <laughs> for one thing, you get no warranty, no warranty whatsoever. Um, so if you pay. Uh, you, know, you save yourself $20 or $30 by trying to supply your own part. Uh, we're still going to charge you labor to put it on. And you go down the road, and uh, two weeks from now that part fails, and you come back. Yeah, we'll put another one on for you, but we're going to charge you again. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it for free. And so um, uh, some customers, they they had a problem with that, but that's just what it is. That's, that's probably the the biggest con is that you get no warranty whatsoever. Yeah,
1: I mean, seriously, and and Jerry can talk to this. You buy through, you get a part through bumper-to-bumper certified service centers, uh, a normal part, and you're not using a bumper-to-bumper uh, uh, credit card. You're going to get two years, 20, 24,000 miles. Yeah, 24, miles. 24. Yep. That's part and labor. Mm-hmm. That's a huge mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. No matter where it happens in the United States, yeah,
9: it's nationwide. It's twenty four twenty four. It's AutoPass is, is the actual name of the it's uh, it's a credit source that these certified service centers has available to them. Customer comes in, as you you all know, the repairs today it doesn't take long to add up to to a lot of money. So uh, if the customer asks if they have a uh, financing source, the answer is yes. You know that's one of the things that we offer, and again, it does you know include uh, actually. If they use autopass, the the shop uh, and the customer um uses it, then uh, they get uh, an extra year on that twenty four twenty four. It adds another twelve months. So they get thirty six thirty six.
1: There you go. That's so if they better. use the
9: autopass card and, and Joe installs the part when his customers um uses the Autopass Auto pass financing, which is six month interest free, then uh, it's it adds another year in there. So that's a plus. Yeah, it's a big, it's plus. A big, a big yep.
1: plus. and that's just one of the benefits of using a certified, you know. Yeah,
7: you know, you you know, Zach was talking about his dad with the with a ball joint. Let's just say a ball joint cost eighty bucks. On some vehicles, it's two and a half three hours labor to put that on. That's two hundred fifty three hundred dollars worth of labor. Now, if if I buy that joint for sixty bucks and resell it for eighty bucks. I made $20 off the part. Let's just use this as an example. But if you buy that part through me, and I get it from bumper to bumper, we offer that warranty, that part fails, which they normally don't. But if it does, you don't have to worry about that $300 worth of labor. It's covered under the warranty.
1: And how long would it take, typically, to put that ball joint on it? You said, what, two or three it, hours?
7: Depending on what kind of vehicle it is. Some vehicles, you can do it in, you know... <coughs> Less than an hour. Some vehicles is two and a half, three hours if it's a four wheel drive truck. It's you know, so your your part is what it is, a good quality part from bumper to bumper. But if you put it in yourself or if you have somebody else put it in and say they don't do it properly and the part fails prematurely, they're not gonna do anything for you because if you have it professionally installed at a CSC you get to two year twenty four thousand or three correct. year thirty
1: six. Yeah, because see here here here's the thing people don't. It think ain't about. worth
7: saving twenty bucks over lose that kind of warranty. It's not worth
1: well, it. Well, you're going to lose more than that, and I try to point this out to people. Time, my time is worth something. Is worth something to me. Absolutely. And I can't do any kind of car repair as quickly as you all do because you got the right parts right there at mm-hmm. your your hands, right tools. Then you got the, the built-in knowledge. You probably have done it before. It's not the first one you've done and you can do it a whole lot faster than I can. What might be two hours for them probably could end up being three times as long for you. Yeah. So now you're going to spend your Saturday afternoon when you really wish, although I don't know why you want to watch the Razorbacks. (laughs) <laughs> you know The bottom line is, is that you, you're going to miss the game and all the good cheese dip and stuff
7: yeah and you, and there's a whole lot of difference in quality of part, isn't there
1: Mike? absolutely there is
7: and and talk a little bit about that the difference in the quality of a part it's 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 paramount in my opinion i i've been putting these parts on for 40 something years and i will not knowingly put on a part that i know is a cheap piece of crap i'm not going to do it
8: yeah Uh, i'm the same way i've been i've been selling parts for a lot of years and i installed parts for a lot of years and there were just certain certain brands that i just refused to put on because i knew uh well sometimes i'd look at it doesn't even doesn't even look safe i i I worry about people's (laughs) safety and i was like well i'm not going to put this on i'm afraid it's going to break going down the road so uh definitely and and you know with auto parts so many times you, you get what you pay for. And if you go down the street to, uh, you know, the discount part store down there, and, yeah, it's half the price, but it's
1: probably a third half, of the quality. Yeah. Or worse yet, yeah, <laughs> yeah. go on the Internet. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you have no Online. idea at all oh. who's yeah. made that part. That's yeah. correct. And that's, you got any recourse.
7: Right. I like to have a part that when I buy it, even in the, it is a shop owner, if I have a problem with that part, I want to be able to at least pick the phone up and call the people that I got it from and say, look, we got an issue with this. And don't get me wrong. All, all everybody has part failures, but when, when they're minimal and like one or 2% comeback rate, that's great. unless mm-hmm. unless you, you get up in the 40, 50% comeback rate, it's pretty tough, but you, you can save money with bumper to bumper because of their parts master program, yeah. can't they, Mike?
8: They can explain they can. that a little bit. and, and. With the parts master, it's, it's a quality part. It, it will be a less expensive part because it's a private branded part. But it's still made by a national manufacturer, a, a good name that everybody would know. Uh, and sometimes it it's virtually the same part in the box, whether you get the, the name brand or whether you get the parts master brand. A lot of them you, you take out of the box, and, and they're... You don't see any difference. Yeah, they're the same thing.
7: The part number's the same on the move products, isn't it? Absolutely they? it is. You just put a little P in front of that, right? Mm-hmm.
8: That's correct. But it's the exact same part. It's the same part. And, and it's cheaper. And, mm-hmm, it, why? it's it's private branded. And so you, you kind of leave out the middleman, and you're able to get the part to the customer at, at uh, a lower price.
7: Now, that that's working trying to save customers money right there, mm-hmm. and providing a... Quality product.
1: That's what I said. 100 years they've been in business. There's Mm -hmm. a reason why they've been in business for 100 yards. 100 years, pardon
8: me. One thing with Bumper to Bumper uh, and the fact that we've been in business for 100 years is proof that we do sell quality product. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have our reputation to take care of, but also we have Joe's reputation because we don't want to sell Joe some uh, inferior part that's going to cause him To have comebacks and then he loses his reputation so it's not just our reputation we worry about but our service centers we worry about their reputation too
1: yeah all right we got to get our final break in we'll come back we'll talk more i i'm going to tell give jerry some time to talk about the certified service center program key benefits there's a lot when you go to a certified service center there are a lot of benefits that you're going to get that make them more than worth your time to visit. All right. Before we go any further, let me tell you about the, uh, there's a UA Pulaski tech car show. That's coming up on Saturday, October 12th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at, uh, 13,000 I thirty. you know, where this is at. It's you go past the, yeah, that yeah. big old building there. Got the big place that says culinary school and yep. all of that on it. Uh, This is going to be free admission to the public, rain or shine. They got all the traditional categories for cars and trucks, all rat rods, all, you know, I don't think any car show ever had a rat rod division until we did with our car show. Would you agree with that, Joe?
7: I think there were a few out there, but I think we're. Made it kind of popular, so... Yeah, Yeah, it is. We want to take credit for it if we can, you know. We expanded it. (laughs) I will. All
1: right, they're doing motorcycles, and they're doing a Best of Show. Judging starts at 10 a.m. Trophies will be awarded for first, second, and third in each category, and Best of Show. First place winners receive a $50 gift certificate to our uh, Bumper to Bumper stores. The Best of Show receives a $100 gift certificate to Bumper to Bumper. Uh, show registration go to www.uapTC.edu slash car show let me say it one more time uaptc.edu slash car show to enter the show there's only uh, there is no entry fee but a donation to the UapTC Alumni Association is requested online registration closes October 9th on-site registra- uh, registration closes at 10 a.m. For more information, you contact Adora Curry at acurry at uh, uh, edu, where's the rest of the, .com, or call 501-812-2771. Let me give you that number one more time eight one two twenty seven seventy one. Good folks at Bumper to Bumper a big sponsor of uh, this car show. So uh go on out and check it out. it be well worth your time. Sure. You know do that. Mm-hmm. They're they're learning from us. Yeah. I'm no I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. So what can we go back and, and kind of recover and re kind of go back and tell people about again before I do that. Hold on. I told I told uh, Jerry I wanted to do this. This is a card that Jerry brought to me today. Uh, now, you on the radio can't see it, but all of our viewers on uh, Facebook Live can, the thousands of people who watch this show on Facebook. And I'm not making that up. It's thousands of people who watch this on Facebook. This is their Certified Service Center Program Key Benefits. And I'm just looking on here, and there's one, two, three... 4, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 key benefits for going to a certified service center, Jerry.
9: Yeah, that's not all. Now, there's, more. <laughs> there's more. There's yeah, more. Yeah, just, that's just high pointing, you know, the key benefits, just like it says.
1: Tell us about the Safe Route Roadside Assistance. That is a, a good uh, one.
9: Absolutely. And you guys talk about it, you know, quite often on the uh, Saturday Car and Truck Doctor Show, but uh, it is a roadside assistance program that our certified service centers has available to their customers. Uh, And, and, you know, Dave, the good part about that, the neat part about that program is it's good for any repair, like if Joe does a um, flat repair or a tire rotation, tire installation, water pump repair, uh, air filter installation, it doesn't matter. Any repair, they can get that roadside assistance. And it's good. It's good for three times per customer per year. A customer can use it three times
1: in a year's time. What's the cost of this? I mean, like hundred
9: bucks. It's it's a reimbursable program. Actually, okay. they, they pay for it up front. They pay for it with a credit or debit card when they call it that toll free number there. And uh, then they get reimbursed up to seventy-five dollars after they send their uh, Joe's invoice in to that company. Now works you know, out for me. It works out great. Just makes sense. And there's five. There's five things. You know, they get uh, flat repair. They get uh, tire. They get um, um, towing service. They get lockout service. Run out of gas. Locked their keys in your car. There's there's five things tacked to that Safe Route
7: program that they can get.
9: Just makes pretty sense
1: neat. to have it. Yep, pretty neat. Take your cell phone. Call them.
7: All you gotta do is be a customer of a certified service center and you qualify. That's you it. come in for one oil change and you get three of those a year, right? That's
1: right. Three per year. Yep. And you're going to get reimbursed.
7: Yeah. Yep.
1: Up to seventy five bucks. Yep. That's a, per occurrence. Oh, think about that. Three times seventy five. Just think about that. Yeah, it's
7: two twenty five. Oil yeah. change was not fifty bucks. That's correct. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's a really for good eight, deal. It's eight. an
1: excellent deal. So keep that uh, keep that in mind. Uh, I'm just looking on this because a lot of people say, well, I want to look at this used car. I'll go get the Carfax. got that Uh, right there. They got what's called the AutoCheck, right? Correct.
9: Yeah, that's correct, Dave. It's a program that uh, actually the the CSCs, after they get signed up on the program, they can, excuse me, we will uh, give them um, their credentials to get on AutoCheckMembers.com's website, and they can go on there and print these vehicle history reports off. Pretty valuable information there. Take the uh, floodwaters that's been throughout the country, east mm-hmm. coast, south coast. You know, uh, If a customer brings their vehicle into Joe's shop or one of the other shops and uh, they ask them, they said, I'd like for you to take a look at this vehicle, inspect it, put it on the lift, pop the hood, and see if you can see anything wrong with it. At that time, Joe can offer the customer, how would you like to have a vehicle history report, which tells where the vehicle's been registered at. So it tells the location of where that vehicle's been, as well as other things like vehicle, any damage that's been done on it, it's been reported. So, so. if it
1: was a couple of years ago down in the Houston area, mm-hmm. you might want to think twice about buying a used car from that area because that's where they had the floods and it may have been underwater. Same somebody, thing here. Somebody pulled it out, that's fixed correct. it up. Yep. And uh, yep. you may not know the, the places to look for the Green Monster uh, but uh, it's Joe there. and other people know. Yep, save you a lot of yep, lot of heartache. Absolutely, and that great buy you got maybe it's not such a great buy at after all. all. Yeah. That's way it all is. It sounds yep. too good to be true. It usually is. it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, my daddy taught me well. I know all of those. You know because they're true. They're, they really are. They're those true.
7: things got started for a reason.
1: Yeah, you I know. agree. Yeah, I so. agree. So what's what's the big change that you think is coming in the future, Mike? I mean, we're not that far. Joe and I don't believe as well uh, as far as this goes to autonomous cars. Those are coming. How is that? How will that change your life?
8: Well, you know, it, once again, it's it's going to be parts that are going to fail. We'll have cameras and sensors that are going to fail. Um, it's just going to be an additional product line we'll have to we'll have to pick up and. um Uh, it's going to be more parts to sell
1: okay and more expensive Uh, it'll be more expensive (laughs) they don't get any cheaper as time goes on they just keep getting more and more expensive they get more expensive and and joe how does that change your life i mean they'll actually be able to tell a car where to go to get itself fixed
7: well in in my as a shop owner it's going to mean buying new test equipment and everything just like we had a customer in that had a, a nissan and daughter backed into it in the driveway 2019 got the radar on the front of it oh there is a Ouch. uh it bent a bumper cover back and it knocked the camera or the radar unit just slightly out of adjustment and it took us just by you know reading a scanner and making a few adjustments on it to get it, it took us about three times to get it right now they make a tool for that it's only like $10,000.
1: Is that all? Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking, how yeah. nah, many of these am I going to do here? Nah. <laughs> Whip out your checkbook, brother.
7: Now, they took it over to uh, the manufacturer. They quoted her $3,600 to replace it and fix it. Because they had the $10,000 oh, wow. part.
1: That's, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so they got to they gotta pay for that part.
7: She made uh, three trips in, explained exactly what was going on each trip, and we made minor adjustment on it and got it set for her. Good. She's on the road. She's happy.
1: And it didn't cost her $3,600? No, so it did I'm going to guess. It,
7: it was came. probably, I think she paid less than $300. All
1: right.
7: Yeah, so we try hard to save our customers money. Sometimes we can't, but we do give it a good shot, you know. And uh thing about the parts master parts, I tell folks all the time, it's a quality product. It's just in a different box, but you're getting it from the same people that made it for these guys over here, so
5: all
9: right yeah, we were talking about technology too at parts the other day joe he was telling me about the synthetic oil filters
1: just coming out and mike
5: knows yes. about that too Absolutely. so we're
9: keeping up with the later technology and oil filters too all right master
1: we so. are out of time guys see mike it, it went quick it did wow it <laughs> i'm ready for another hour all yeah, right well we, <laughs> we can, we, we can bring you back uh, in and have, yeah. we okay get, uh, we i want to get that. fletch back <laughs> in here i got a lot of questions about the future of the automotive repair industry mike <laughs> When they start sending car, when cars can start thinking for themselves, and say, "You know, I need a, I need a oil change." Yeah, and then sends out to, you know, who's it going to? Who's going to send the request to? That's the question. Does it go to the, the the retail environment it was sold from? Does it go to Joe's? Mm-hmm. Who does it? Go? That's being debated now. You bet. In you. Washington mm-hmm. D.C., we got to let on talk about that. We got a lot more coming your way here today. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Democrats. Yes, we're going to talk about the clown show. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Guys, thanks for coming in, Joe. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. I'll see you on Saturday for the Car Truck Doctors. More in just a moment. All right, let's move into the 5 o'clock hour. Dave Ellswick Show, good to have you along for the ride on your way home after a, a hard day's work. And uh, latest information I got for you about uh, the Democrats here, Uh, this from Fox News, they're polling folks, it's increasingly more important to Democratic primary voters to beat President Donald Trump than support their favorite candidate and former Vice President Joe Biden right now is considered the candidate most likely to give them the White House, but you better hope that's what people consider all the time because that's the only reason that he's staying in the lead. He's got the support of about 29% of uh, Democratic Party uh, primary voters right now, according to Fox News, but that's down two points since uh, August, down six points since May when he was at his high of 39%. His current 11-point lead is down from a high of 19 points in June. So he's losing a lot of um, momentum, to say the least. Sanders climbs back in the second with 18%. That's up eight points since August, followed by Elizabeth Warren at 16%. She is down four from August, forming the clearest top three candidates tier seen in the race to date, the next tier includes Harris at seven percent, Budajig at five percent, O'Rourke at four percent, Booker at three, and then Yang and Amy Klobuchar at two percent. Uh, Michael Bennett, John Delaney, and Tom uh, Stayer both receive one percent. The top picks among self-described moderates and conservatives. Voting in the Democratic primary are Biden at 34, Sanders at 14, and Warren at 9%. Very liberals go for Sanders at 31%, Biden at 22%, and Warren at 20%. Primary voters uh, under age 35 uh, prefer Sanders at 35%. Biden at 17% and Warren 14%. Now, I will tell you this, that the more, uh, emotionally driven voter, and typically those are, uh, in the democratic primary, more of the left leaning, uh, uh, folks, uh, will turn out to the polls. That's why primaries are so important, but it's something to understand about primaries, that if enough of a group turns out over the other groups, they can determine people that are running for office that in a general election may not have a, you know, a tinker's damn chance of of winning at all. Zip, not a zilch. I mean, I... You know, when I have J.R. Davis on here and, and Robert Steinbach and other folks that uh, come in and we talk politics, one of the things that we talk about a lot is, is the platform that you're running on going to resonate with the uh, the general election voter? Look, you might you might have all the Republicans or Democrats in the world uh, backing you, but if you're running only um, particular, uh, let's say, uh, let's say that the, the Republicans uh, on their platform they decide that glo- uh, climate change the number one thing, or if you're a Democrat that uh, we're going to change, we're going to do immigration reform to the most liberal extent as far as open borders goes. How will that, that may play with a significant portion of your party, but how does that play with the independent voter that's in America and the average Democrat or average Republican voter that's going to the polls? Because a lot of the people that will go to the polls in the primary will not be people that will show up at the general election, and we know that. So pay attention when you're talking about what they're hearing from primary voters. Primary voters under age 35 prefer Sanders, 35%, over Biden, 17%. I mean, i take a look at that, and that's what, uh, about 28, uh, that's 18% difference there. And if I go back to moderates and conservatives, Biden 34, Sanders 14, that's 20. That's by a wash. It's going to make a close, close primary. I mean, really close primary. And then if either Sanders or Warren happens to get out during the primary, uh, people on the left are going to flow towards uh, the more uh, leftist, you know, if you're very liberal or, or leftist, you're going to flow towards a Sanders or, or or a Warren. I mean, just consider this. If let's say uh, Warren dropped out and uh, 20% uh, support she's got with very liberal, do you think they're going to go to Biden or do you think they're going to go to Sanders? I would suggest to you that a large percentage of them will go towards Sanders. Uh Sanders has 31 percent of those folks right now. All of a sudden, now, uh, you know, he's got a nine, uh, about a yeah, a ten, a ten percent lead over Biden there. Suddenly, let's say he gets 18 percent more of those folks uh, from Warren. Now instead of 10 percent, he's got 28 percent more. That is going to change the uh, the election results significantly. So, you got to kind of look at this as we go along. Biden ahead among whites by seven points and non whites by 13 points. Uh, by a 25 point margin, Democratic primary voters prioritize supporting the candidate who has the best shot at beating Trump over the candidate they like most 56 to 31. That's up 15 points in March. Uh, 42% say Biden has the best chance of winning. That's more than double the 17% who says Sanders and more than three times the 12% who say Warren. And yet primary voters also prefer a candidate who will take a new approach over one who will build over on Obama's legacy. New approach, 49%. Take it up from where Obama was, only 43%, and say backing a candidate who will fundamentally change how the political system works, 50% is more important than supporting one who will restore the system to how it was before Trump, 46%. Biden is preferred by a 19-point margin among those who want to restore Washington to pre-Trump and top Sanders by only a narrow four points among those wanting to fundamentally change the political system in Washington. In addition, those wanting to build on former President Obama's legacy go for Biden by 19 points, and he holds his own among those wanting to take a new approach, Biden 23, Warren 22, Sanders 20. Democrats are pretty pleased with their slate of candidates. That just stuns me. Most would be very or somewhat satisfied with Biden, 76%, Warren, 76%, or Sanders, 70% being the party's nominee. About 6 and 10 feel that way about Harris, 62%, Booker, 57%, Buttigieg, 57 The number who would be satisfied with Warren is up 15 points since April. And while overall satisfaction with Biden is down a touch, he captures the largest portion saying they would be very satisfied if he's the nominee. 47 percent, 40 percent for Warren, 37 percent for Sanders. Still, nearly four in 10 Democratic primary voters are hoping someone new will enter the 2020 race, including 36 percent of those backing Biden. That's about uh, how Democrats felt during the 2008 primaries when 36% wanted to see a new face jump in. Health care is the number one deal breaker issue for Democrats, as 13% say without the aid of a list. They must agree with a candidate on it before they can vote for them. That matters as some of the biggest policy differences between Democratic hopefuls polls are on health care. 82% of primary voters favor changing the health care system to allow every American to buy into Medicare. Medicare for all. Among all voters, majorities favor the public option at 68%. When asked if it would be tougher to beat Trump if Democrats nominate a candidate with certain characteristics, primary voters say the biggest liabilities would be nominating someone who is gay. 50%. This is from the party that, Is all about LGBT. I'm just telling you, words only. Someone who has strongly liberal positions, 50%. Or a woman, 49%. Fewer see nominating person of color or a white man over age 70 as disadvantages. Okay, so there you have it. That tells you a lot about Democrats as well, to be honest with you. Tells you a whole lot about them. All right, 18 minutes after 5, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Got a lot of things to talk about. We'll talk about Kavanaugh, about that story from the New York Times. What a hit piece that was. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Biden saying uh, a, uh, we only have 330 million people in this country, but he says he's going to have help 720 million women if you elect him president. There's not that many women in the United States, by the way. We'll talk, uh, we'll have Joanna Duca uh, from Fox and Friends, and they'll just, uh talk about the Religious Freedom Act. Uh, she's one of the people that owned the, uh, the company out there in uh, New Mexico, I believe, that the New Mexico, or Arizona, the Arizona Supreme Court ruled in their favor that they did not have to uh, give uh, uh, their... Uh, talents over to a same-sex marriage. All that's coming your way. Stick with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, so let's talk about Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. Hit piece from the New York Times, no doubt about it. I like how they tried to, uh, uh, the writers of this piece, tried to make this sound like, hit piece, we have an agenda? not us no not us at all Mm-mm. well new york times uh Grimbin, one of the writers i don't know if i pronounced her name right or not i don't care uh on kavanaugh and she was on uh, the view and i want you to listen to what she says here it's cut number six
10: um, our response is that we appreciate that um, the President of the United States is paying attention to our book mm-hmm. um, but you know I, I think what 's been lost in all this discussion is that what we try to do is kind of what we always do as reporters which is seek the facts and put them out there and let people come to their own conclusions and what we've seen, and I don't think we even anticipated to this degree, is that people have seized on certain things mm-hmm. and magnified them for their own purposes. Um, you know, frankly, you know, it's fine to have a, a series of Democratic candidates calling for impeachment, but that was before the book came out, which is today. Um, and you also have Trump kind of jumping on on things as if we have an agenda, which you know that was not our intent. Our intent is to revisit these facts with detail and depth, and you know then kind of have people open their minds.
1: No, except well. Wait, let me go to USA Today. Not a bastion of deep conservative thought, okay? And uh, they published a uh, op-ed there, and it was written by Paul Janinish. says, on Sunday morning, I pulled out the Sunday review section of the New York Times. On page two, I saw a big spread about past sexual misconduct allegations against Brett Kavanaugh when his nomination to the U.S. Supreme Court was under consideration by the Senate. It's by a couple of time staffers, Robin Progrigman, I think is how she pronounces her name, and Kate Kelly, authors of the forthcoming book, The Education of Brett Kavanaugh, an investigation from which this essay was adapted. By the way, the book was released today. After reading it, I thought the essay was missing something important. The first 10 paragraphs were devoted mostly to Deborah Ramirez, who went to Yale when Kavanaugh was a student there, and also to Christian Blasey Ford, who attended a Washington-area secondary school near his. Both have accused Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct. Ford testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Ramirez was interviewed by the FBI. What did the essay tell me that I had not already read or heard? Not much until I got to the 11th paragraph, which said, We also uncovered a previously unreported story about Mr. Kavanaugh in his freshman year that echoes Ms. Ramirez's allegation. A classmate, Max Steer, saw Mr. Kavanaugh with his pants down at a different drunken dorm party where friends pushed his penis into the hand of a female student. Mr. Steer, who runs a nonprofit organization in Washington, and they didn't go into that he was a huge donor to the Clintons, uh, notified senators and the FBI about this account, but the FBI didn't investigate, and Mr. Steer has declined to discuss it publicly. We uh, collaborated the story with two officials who have, Communicate it with Mr. Steer. Whoa. Another woman who may make an accusation against Kavanaugh? Did the authors interview the female student? I read the essay to the end, but it did not say. In Washington, where the essay was seen by many online, the reference to a previously unreported story about Mr. Kavanaugh made a big splash. Leading Democrats called for Kavanaugh's impeachment. President Donald Trump tweeted Brent Kavanaugh should start suing people for libel. Commentators critical of the Times essay learned that, quote, the new book provides more information about the previously unreported story. In the book, the authors say that the woman declined to be interviewed about any incident with Kavanaugh and that several of her friends said she does not recall it. When I was a newspaper reporter and editor, I made sure crucial information like this was in the story. After the essay was posted online and published in the newspaper's early print edition, the Times finally corrected its mistake. A sentence was added to the paragraph about the previously unreported story. It says the female student declined to be interviewed and friends say she does not recall the episode. An editor's note is attached to the end of the revised story. An earlier version of this article, which was adapted from a forthcoming book, did not include one element of the book's account regarding an assertion by a Yale classmate. It says, repeating what Steyer claimed he witnessed. The editor's note goes on to say, the book reports that the female student declined to be interviewed, and friends say that she does not recall the incident. Am I satisfied? No. The earlier version of this article never should have appeared in the New York Times. It did because it was done for publicity for this book, and it was a hit piece. Back after the news. Be aware. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah, talking about that whole thing about Brett Kavanaugh, know, I got some other stories that I want to bring to you. One that just broke uh, a a minute ago. And uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, went off on uh, Democrats today and Nadler being one of them. And she's telling them to back off uh, the impeachment talk. He wants that stopped. She wants these hearings stopped. Uh, you know, she, you know, it's just like the Brett Kavanaugh. Let's impeach Brett Kavanaugh after this New York times, uh story came out about Kavanaugh and, uh, the important facts were left out and all these Democratic candidates jumped on and said, he needs to be impeached right now. You know, Harris and Booker and everybody, he needs to be impeached right now. Then all the story came out and suddenly now uh, over 50% of the Democratic Party over on the Senate side and uh, a a considerable amount on the House side now say, "Uh, well, maybe we need to. Rethink this. We need to reconsider all of this because now that we've heard everything about this, um, you know, hey, that's bottom line. Just, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen because he's not, you know, he's not guilty. Not guilty of this at all. All right, so keep that in mind. All right, let me tell you what uh, the... Uh, Senate pro tem, that's the head of the Senate up in Washington, D.C. Uh, McConnell had to say about this today. Six seconds long. Listen to this.
8: Make no mistake about it. Justice Kavanaugh is going to be on the Supreme
7: Court as long as he chooses to serve.
1: There you go. And that, that's true. They don't have the votes or anything. The, the, the Democrats... They're trying their damnedest to lose the 2020 election. Just telling you, they're they're working at it hard, and they're succeeding at it. I really think they're succeeding at it. Do not believe all of these, a lot of these polls that you're saying you're seeing. Remember, uh, those polls came out, you know, you know, back in 2016 and and whatnot, and everybody thought that it. you know, there's no way under God's blue sky Trump could win. And then he, we woke up, and he had won. And everybody's going, "Whoa!" whoa. You know how did that happen? Well, it happened because Democrats overplayed their hand, and they're overplaying their hand again. They're absolutely overplaying their hand again. All right, let me uh, take a look at uh, uh, Iran. Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham, was talking about Iran. Uh, the president just ratcheted up uh, the the vices on their money, hoping to make them see uh, their ways. And uh, short of war, this is about the only thing you can do. Lindsey Graham had this to say: "Cut one."
2: Well, the first thing I want to do is congratulate President Trump on picking Robert O'Brien to be the national, uh, the next national security advisor. Mr. O'Brien is a great choice. He understands the world for the dangerous place it is. He's got great negotiating skills as our hostage negotiator, and I think he'll be a very sound policy advisor to the President of the United States. And President Trump made a very good choice in Robert O'Brien. As to Iran, I'm hoping that uh, Secretary Pompeo can pull together a coalition that will act in a fashion to change Iran's behavior. I support the idea of working on a regional coalition. I would like to see the president go to the UN and make the case that Iran's behavior is an act of war against Saudi Arabia and must be dealt with firmly. Whether or not the United Nations would respond, I don't know. As to Iran itself, I appreciate the effort of the president to be measured when it came to the drone uh, attack. But the point I'm trying to make is not what I think. It's what the Iranians think. And clearly, they have not gotten the message. This attack on the oil refinery, by any reasonable definition, is an act of war. It is attacking the world economy. It's the stability of the oil markets throughout the world. And in addition to attacking a refinery in Saudi Arabia, the Iranians are increasing enrichment, putting them closer to a bomb why does all this matter? If the Arabs believe the United States and our allies throughout the world will not um, stop Iran from marching toward a nuclear weapon, the Arabs are going to get one of their own, then you're going to have a nuclear arms race in the Middle East. So what I'm looking for is action by the administration and the world to restore deterrence. Because when it comes to Iran's misbehavior, we have lost deterrence.
8: When you look at the sanctions that President Trump announced, I mean, he hasn't really announced details of it, but is that enough of a punishment to deter, in your mind, Iran from future attacks, or do you think that this is also going to be perceived as weakness?
2: Well, the maximum pressure campaign has worked in the sense it's crippled the regime's economy, it's made life difficult for the regime, but it has not changed their behavior. So what I'm looking for is a response to restore deterrence. If you do not deter Iran, they will move forward even more aggressively. Quite frankly, I am shocked they were this bold and brazen after the drone attack. Uh, The bottom line with Iran is uh, radical Islam does not accept subtlety well. The only conclusion I think you can reach is that the Iranians, while having been hurt by the maximum pressure campaign, have not been deterred in terms of their provocative behavior. And it's going to take something, I think, beyond sanctions to achieve that deterrence. So you don't think sanctions are enough? In the past, they haven't been. Time will tell. But I am looking for a response that would be unequivocal. If they don't pay a price for bombing a neighbor's oil fields, then all hell is going to break out in the Mideast. I appreciate building a coalition. I think they're smart. I'm not looking for a response immediately. But I am looking for a response that would restore deterrence and my belief is that additional sanctions will fall short because the sanction regime in place is the toughest we've had in the history of the problem with Iran. I give the president great credit for a maximum pressure campaign that has punished Iran, but the goal is to deter their aggressive behavior, and uh, we're not there yet. Wow.
1: That's pretty, you know, that that that's a pretty uh, astute and transparent uh thoughts by Lindsey Graham Yeah, he he just looks at this and says uh, we got to have something more than you know tightening these sanctions the only thing he didn't ask or answer and he wasn't asked was well what are you suggesting because it seems to me there's there's little other than shooting at people that you can do if the sanctions aren't working Military action of some kind, bombing or whatever, uh, is that what he's alluding to? I don't, I don't know. How long was that cut? It was three forty-two. I'd play it again. We'll play it tomorrow. All right. I just think it's really important that you listen to what he just said. It really is. I mean, we don't have to hear the part about. Yeah, I'm glad he picked this this other guy for his administration or whatever the president did. But it's important to, to listen to as he goes point by point about this attack on uh, Saudi Arabia's oil and how that really is a, an attack on the world's economy. A huge thing. I mean, think about it this way. You, last week, I'll just go by last week before this happened. Gas prices were plummeting. They were really coming down, and they were starting to come down fast. I mean, uh, over at Sam's in in North Little Rock, where is that Sherwood? I don't know which what that Sam's. Is the Sam's in North Little Rock? Okay, it is. All right. I don't know where the division is there, but anyway, uh, it was about two oh five today. It was two twenty five after that attack on that oil refinery. I think they will go up even more yet until the uh, world market figures out where the extra crude is going to come uh, from to make up the losses uh, from uh, the Saudis. Now, I think this could be a boon for a, a lot of the oil companies here in the United States, because as uh, uh, we talked to the congressman today, Congressman Hill uh because of all of the technology that we're using now in the United States and whatnot, we are the world's biggest producer of crude. So now we can sell more crude to make up for what the uh, the Saudis are going to lose, but we got to prove that we can ramp up our production uh, to do that. Uh, until that happens, you expect sticker shock at the pump. Now, that's you just driving your car. I saw a, a a story. I didn't read it. I think it was on the Arkansas local page today where they don't call it CATA anymore. What do they call the bus service now, the big rock buses or something like that? They're talking about now the increase of fuel prices for them, diesel, is having an impact. Attached for us locally— to October one, when the three cent sales tax goes into effect, so gas will go up at least another three cents at the pump. Six cents for diesel. Now you're starting to add up some money. Put yourself in the position of a trucking company. Now that they're going to see diesel go up, they'll have to you know raise the prices of delivering things. Uh, if they uh, cause uh, the you know, the maker of widgets, more money to deliver their widgets to the market. When you go buy whatever that widget might be uh, at the store, it's going to cost more. This has a a, a a domino effect right down the line. So I'm just telling you what Iran got involved in here uh, is, as Lindsey Graham said, that's pretty close to an act of war. And I think I would agree with him on that. 14 minutes before we get to uh, the news top of the hour. Don't forget, uh, we have another local show coming on after me. You want to stick around for that. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, before I get to that, I'm going to talk about Nancy Pelosi and what she wants Chairman Jerry Nadler to do. That's coming up next on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show Uh, I'm going to have Carrie McCoy join me in just a moment because she's coming up right after my show, after the news, and she'll have one of her great interviews that she has uh, with uh, movers and shakers here in the central Arkansas area. Uh, But I did want to get to this story, and tomorrow we'll get further into this story and some other ones. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi wants Chairman Jerry Nadler and other of her fellow Democrats on the Judiciary Committee to know she's not happy with them pursuing impeachment proceedings against President Trump. In a closed-door meeting last week, Pelosi sternly warned members and aides that she didn't have the floor votes for any kind of impeachment and that Nadler had taken it too far. Political First reported uh, Pelosi's warning with the speaker telling uh, members in the session, and you can feel free to leak this, which of course they did, Pelosi's comments come as her divide with Nadler on impeachment has been increasingly on public display. While Pelosi has been publicly assuring that Democrats would move with caution, Nadler had the committee vote to define the parameters of the investigation, which is now being billed with the, in their I word, uh, the first official impeachment hearing came yesterday with former Trump campaign uh, manager Corey Uh, Lewandowski was called in to testify, which was crazy, to say the least. Nadler said Lewandowski's refusal to answer most questions only bolstered Democrats' case for impeachment, according to Politico. A spokesman for Pelosi has yet to comment. Nadler is talking about law. Pelosi is talking about politics, said Congressman Raskin, Democrat of Maryland, a member of the Judiciary Committee. Nadler is looking at high crimes and misdemeanors, and we are inundated with them in the Judiciary Committee, but Pelosi is looking at the political side of it. Back home, Nadler is facing a multi-candidate primary challenge with the most prominent Lindsey Boylan, a former aide to Governor Andrew Cuomo, consistently trolling him on impeachment. My hashtag New York 10 opponent, uh, Representative Jerry Nadler, has Completely bungled the impeachment process and caused untold damage in the process. His muddled message, his dithering, his waffling have weakened our ability to hold Trump accountable. So, uh, if you speak about politics, you better speak about it on both sides of that issue. Nadler's playing politics just as well. Got seven minutes remaining here uh, in the show today. I'll remind you, I'll be here tomorrow again. Uh, in the, the 3 o'clock hour, uh, we'll have the main spokesperson from the Republican Party on with us, and we're going to talk about uh, Iran and some other things uh, with her, Liz Harrington, uh, and and the Kavanaugh uh, story that came out with the New York Times. And then in the 4 o'clock hour, uh, we're going to have the Angel folks on. They're the people who have lost uh, loved ones until uh, till to illegal immigrants here in our country, and we're going to talk to them. They got an event coming up that uh, I want you to know about as well. Friday, I'm out of uh, out of the studio, and uh, Tim Lim will be here to fill in for me. Linda's having her ankle surgery that day. As you know, she broke her ankle in three places. They got to go in and reconstruct it. They're going to do that on on Friday. Uh, and they say that screws and, and plates are going to be called for. So, uh, I want to be there, uh, you know, or whatever support I can give, uh, in that, uh, in that case. So she's going to be in a cast and not walking on her, on her, uh, right foot for probably six weeks, it looks like, and maybe longer. So that, uh, is the way that's all set with that said do we have somebody here that would work on ankles yeah. is that what we have yeah that's what happened. okay look
10: look what is his uh um, it's
1: his hip knee i see that
10: yes dr okay. lowry barnes he okay. uh that's what he does is joint p- repair and, and he's, coming next, right? he's coming on next he's coming on next want to talk about it's really problem.
1: it's really important that what? people hear that kind of stuff it's oh, amazing what the orthopedists can, can do, do now
10: well you know lowry that's because because i, cause I that's what I call him, Dr. Barnes. He, okay. uh, he, uh, he is an inventor. He has invented, invented um, procedures and devices to improve um, knee and hip surgery. And Very owns cool. And numerous patents. So he's going to tell us all about that. Yeah, that's that. going to be cool. Yeah, he's going to tell us all about it. I know you always listen to the show on the way home. I do listen on my way home. You better listen today.
1: Listen. I'll listen. I'll definitely listen with him. Uh, my wife's doctor, Dr. Smith. Maybe you know him from over at Orso? Uh
10: Lowry's She's nodding nope. but, but now and now he's not nodding. No. So she, tell I, everybody you, who I am. They don't even know who's talking. I did. Of.
1: I just t- I told them you were coming up.
10: Oh, Carrie McCoy, McCoy. Up is in here. your business with yeah. Dr. Lowry Barnes is coming up next. So yeah. I'm always impressed when I listen to your show, Dave. How do you keep up with all this fodder that's going on? It's crazy on all the right
1: time? now. It's I don't crazy. know how
10: you keep up with it.
1: I, I I'm gonna tell you though, mm-hmm. because if you listen to the people who are running for the Democratic nomination to run for president, don't you think when they come out for the debates, they should come out in a clown car?
10: No, I don't. <laughs> God, he always tries to bait me into saying something. <laughs> I, well,
1: I'm just saying I do. I think they should come out That's in the, you. the big shoes and the big bow ties and the, 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 the bouquet on their... Thing that you know, I'm water. going to
10: Mexico next week. Next week, I'm going to Mexico City to meet, to go see ahead. my son. He's down there on a research uh, trip cool. for Ohio State University. He's nice re- change of topic. Thank you very much. He's re- he's re- he's researching uh, new uh, gen- new breeds of chili peppers, and so he's driving all over Mexico. And of course, being a mother, I'm scared to death, and I think he's going to get killed and shot. So I go. I decide I'm going to go down there and visit him at the end of his trip in Mexico City next week. And you got to
1: have him on by phone and talk about this.
10: You know he's an interesting dude. He's getting a PhD, so and he teaches classes up there in Ohio State. And so anyway, when he does come to town, I shall do that. I'll let him come talk to you. So um, I googled up Mexico City because I'm scared to death. Look, you're shrugging. Yeah. See, you know, What are you working for? Know. You don't
1: do drugs, so you don't have to worry about it. That's anything.
10: exactly right. When I googled up Mexico City, I found out it's the largest city in the world. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's high in altitude, mm-hmm. so it's actually cooler there than it is in Ohio right now because it's because of the altitude. And another thing Where
1: are you flannels?
10: Uh, yeah, I'm telling you I had no yeah. idea. And then another interesting thing I um was when i googled up dangerous cities and stuff trying to find out about mexico right. guess what guess what was the most dangerous city in the world
1: uh detroit michigan
10: you, you would los angeles okay or i i was shocked like yeah, the top, be the top here eight or ten was in the united states and when you travel people go oh you scared living over there and i'm like no what are you talking about well now i know they read the internet and they they, they probably know more than i do
1: well you don't have to worry about anything. You're no. Not, you're not taking money from the cartels. So I'm going, <laughs> to,
10: this, I'm going to this anthropology <laughs> museum who has a game there where during the mo- old civilization, how much time mm-hmm. we got? Enough we got time.
1: less than one minute.
10: Okay. These these fat men used to throw cannonballs at each other. I'm just simplifying. Yes. And the guy that lived until they until one of them died. And then the guy that lived marched himself over to the pyramid where they sacrificed him to the gods.
1: This must have been a, kind of an Aztec or Mayan thing. Huh? I guess so. I don't know. I, I forget can't... which one of them killed more people and let their heads roll down the steps.
10: This, I, that's probably what they did to these guys. I, I don't that, know, I but was, I'm going to know think it, think it was all when, the I, Aztecs.
1: Com- I, think when it was I come Aztecs. back. I'll
10: know it all because I'm going to both of those museums. That, I'm going to that museum and that pyramid. All right, there's our music. I'm He's out trying of time. Get rid of us.
1: I got to. I got to get out. Carrie McCoy is coming up. You want to stick around for her show? It's coming right up. At the news, find out about orthopedists. Important uh-huh, stuff. Lowry Barnes. All right. That's next.
5: Love here you, Dave. On 1011, the answer. Bye.